This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Listeners can go to caspertrial.com slash laser time and save $50 on any new mattress. Laser Time, the Internet's 19th leading pop culture show, here with a best of extravaganza. Yeah, I know all your other favorite websites did that shit two weeks ago. We do it now, (laughs) the beginning of the year, when the year is officially over. Well, now that you can, like, look at these things on Amazon or Netflix, like, when they're available I think that's bullshit, because all those motherfuckers did their best of list without hearing Louis C.K.'s set. It was... (laughs) Barf... A million, yes. barf till I die. Probably won't bring that one up. However, yeah. uh, if you know how we traditionally do this, we will have, for patrons only, a worst of the year uh, bonus show. Worst of 2018 on patreon.com slash laser time this week. Uh, but this show is an extravaganza. Laser time east meets laser time west. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, uh, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? Hey, this is Sam. It's me, Sarah. In the second segment, uh, we will have... Other folks you might know from Laser Time chiming in with their best stuff. So this is a stacked, packed show, and we're going to be talking about our favorite stuff of uh, 2018. By all accounts, one of the worst years of all time. Well, hopefully what we're going to say is going to either affirm your opinions or uh, bring to light some things that you might have missed over the past year. Yeah, that's and that's what it's supposed to do. Like, like shine a light, especially on things. Like, I love shining light on things that came up before June because no one mm-hmm. ever talks about them in best yeah. of lists. Yeah. Oh, no. So Sam and I have um, the AMC Stubbs mm-hmm. app. And so we actually had to go back in the app and like scroll oh, a I bunch see that. to find like what did we see before <laughs> like June? And I was like, I'm like Black Panther was in 2018. Yeah, it feels it's like so hard. Ago. It's so no, hard. No, I'm to not. Keep track. I'm not trying to be topical. I'm just yeah. like, I can't believe that was this year. It feels like so forever hard to keep ago. Track. Um, I, I'll, I want to mention that as we go into break, just because uh, it's got one of the better soundtracks this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm just rattling off a couple of mine at the very, 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 very top. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be talking about TV. Movies mostly, a yeah. little bit of music, but we're not music people. No, no, no. Um, so, but not a lot of that. And maybe some odds and ends here. I heard Sammy wanted to mention some video games. Yeah. yeah but a game or two I played this year. All right, but we will talk God about it. Remember, there's a whole video apocalypse, uh, our best of the year, where I did not mention an Astrobot Rescue Mission, which actually is the best game of 2018. Oh, uh, okay. But, but uh, let me rattle off one of mine because it was from earlier in the year, and it still stuck with me as one of the funniest things ever because on paper it shouldn't work. I should hate it. Uh, and if you are tired of hearing Hank Azaria's name brought up in a controversial light, <laughs> Brockmire is filthy and disgusting and not controversial in any way. It is a wonderful, wonderful show. Yeah, I've uh, it's great. On a based on like what seems to be a hacky stand-up premise. Hey, what do you think these baseball announcers sound like in their private life? Hey, honey, I did my balls a little bit, and like that. Also, but that is the show. It's, who cares? It, that's all. It, but yeah, yeah, no. It but that, there's something about following that amazing. through and watching that guy walk around and monologue about the world around him, and he has this great little like black millennial friend who's constantly talking about things. In the air. Good lord, is that ASMR? Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna run my fingers. Are we super into asses now? Uh, okay. Oh yeah. See that, and that's that's the from the opening of the show, which I I'm going to play you, you that for me. Uh, a clip from. You're gonna hear yeah. it again right now. This is Brockmire talking about the injustice of the boobs versus butts debate of the uh, 1980s. And I thought, 
It's the opening of the second season. He's saying it while the camera is zooming up while he's asleep on a giant black ass nice. uh, of someone who's just stayed over at his house talking to his assistant. Um, and and I, I love all the characters in the show because there's very few. Uh, but listen to this clip first, and I swear you'll love it. Biggest change in this country in the 10 years that I was gone? America went from being a boob nation to being an ass nation. I mean, 30 years ago, if a company ran an ad campaign on three TV networks and 10 magazines, everybody saw it. And what they saw mostly was boobs. Boobs, boobs, boobs. I mean, eventually, we just forgot all about butts. Oh, we were just so relentlessly hammered with images of boobs. And by the 80s, Charles, big old fake boobs. Just these enormous sacks of viscous chemicals that were bolted onto the front of a woman's chest in defiance of all good taste and gravity. I'm at the big Frida Bound show last night, and I'm just, I'm getting lost in the applause of like a hundred clapping asses. And it hits me, it dawns on me. I am surrounded by the very people that got America back into ass. I'm talking about straight black men, the gays, of course, and thick women, God bless them. Because see, when the internet expanded all media into the limitless chaos that we know it to be today, the power of the straight white male gaze got diluted. And all of a sudden, all these long forgotten voices could finally be heard, man. And they were screaming, butts, come on, butts are wonderful. And that, my friend, is how the titty wool that had been pulled over our collective eyes was finally lifted. So, so yes, amazing. Because that's Thanks like a lot, black women. It's we're big black asses. God bless them. And but that's what I love. It's 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 like a sometimes it's a think like a fucking boring internet think piece as read by an old timey comedian. Yeah, and that's, that's what I, it's one of the things I love about the show. And another thing I'm not going to ruin for you because there's only like twelve episodes of the show is that like obviously this premise is going to wear thin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the show seemed to take that very seriously and did something very serious with its hard-drinking, drug-using, womanizing mm. character that I did not expect at the end to have okay. no idea how it's going to carry forward, meaning I am anticipating this more than like a show that stuck, stuck to a status quo because mm. I, I don't know what they're going to do in the next season because it looks like they have a uh, show-ruining event occurring in the final episode. Okay. And it oh. looks like they took it very seriously. It's one of the ones we missed out on this year. Right. And that's why yeah. I wanted to bring it back up. Thank you. And and I'm a, a big broad award for Christopher here is Netflix animation. Um, as I wait in uh, hor- horrifying trepidation for Hulu's Animaniacs, I really do want to see one of these streaming services make an animated show that's like legitimately beautiful. Because mm-hmm. I love... Netflix in general, I'm giving an award to for like best contribution to animation. This yeah, year. I mean they're they're doing it. They're, it, they're it, fucking doing it. It's been, is it pretty? I don't know. I don't that's think- it's it's not. It, when, when, uh, we were we talked about it in an, an old episode that we want to see Animaniacs come back, but part of that was like it looked like an old Warner Brothers cartoon and was very lavish to mm-hmm. look at. Whereas BoJack Horseman is not, but it's not going for that. It's it's just a good car. It's a fucking great cartoon. Yeah. Uh, so that gets F is for Family is back this year and is a fucking excellent cartoon. Disenchanted I thought was an excellent cartoon. Uh, the Big Mouth. Um, I'm getting to that, okay. but, uh, but <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting to that, but disenchanted, they only released the first half of the season and it is bizarre to see like the Matt Groening Futurama formula having some like Netflix attitude forced on it because mm. now there are like story elements and like world shattering events and cliffhangers. Well, I've, it, I've only caught parts of it. How is it? I love so, it. I mean, it's, it's everything that you love about Futurama, but making fun of fantasy okay. stuff and like, and, and 
one a very minor thing I don't like about Futurama is having all these amazing voice actors in the roles of all the main cast members. Yeah. Whereas they were just like girl from Broad City. I know her name's Abby. Mm-hmm. Um, Nat Faxon and Eric Andre. They're the three leads, so they don't oh, sound like anybody else three in the universe. People I love. Right. And every and everyone else from Futurama is the surrounding cast. So John DiMaggio and Billy West are all there playing all these other tertiary roles. No shit. Yeah. Okay. So like it's everything else sounds like Futurama, mm-hmm. um, but but it's also it has that it has a cliffhanger. It has a story. I don't know, like a something that will impact the story where you can't really move forward from. Where like the rare times Futurama did it, it would like ignore it in the next episode and then maybe address it thirteen episodes later. Hmm. Fry loves Leela. Like that was kind of the extent of it. Sure. Um, but like this. It's the it's the Netflix model. You have to do something yeah, drastic to keep people binging. Fry loves Leela thing mm-hmm. was kind of like a like Ross and Rachel situation. It it was except that they would forget about it for dozens yeah. of episodes well, at a time. That's what happened mm-hmm. in Friends too. Oh yeah, that's right. I guess they'd avoid it for a couple of years. Yeah, they but did. but we all watched together Big Mouth, uh, sort of in part yeah. of that episode of Laser Time. Sammy came up mm-hmm. with about. What was it? Middle school? This like yes. horrifying sure. middle school memories? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe that's like... like the number one thing we should talk about right now is that like our one of our best of our year of mm-hmm. the year was Big Mouth. Big yeah. Mouth. Big Mouth was It like, made amazing. you two watch a cartoon? It did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which, and also, fuck you. I watched like I've seen uh, I've watched a fair amount of The Simpsons and I really did like Futurama. Please. Oh, fuck you. Please. I watched plenty of Futurama. I've known you for like 30 years. I'd name a single Simpsons episode. Uh, by, me. by title name? What the fuck? I mean, I don't watch it like that. Um, no, but it, I do love that you have a son that does like animation, and now you're yeah. getting totally into it. Oh, and, and uh, we are one episode short of finishing Rick and Morty and being yeah. current. Oh, yeah. And, and I Rick am and Morty, living... I am totally sold on. I, I love living... it. Uh, we have like, I think on previous episodes, we mentioned that uh, we had not watched it, and mm-hmm. now I'm like, pretty current and I'm totally sold on it and it is fucking amazing. I'm living in terror and that Sarah's my husband <laughs> and my stepson are going to become edgelords and I gotta tell I'm you, you are, leave my you are exactly like my grandmother 30 years ago. You've read more articles about the show than you've seen about the show true. and you're terrified of it because of a fucking small portion of people who true. ruined it. And I'm 100% not, true. And I, I, I'm uncomfortable saying it now. Rick and Morty is kind of the best show and, but and this, their fans embarrass me, and I don't want to be in league with them. Oh at yeah, all. no, their fans are the worst. And in a grandmotherly sense, I can. I'm also like, I can make our own Szechuan sauce like, right in the kitchen. I, I cook all the time. We don't I can have make to bother Szechuan minimum sauce. wage workers and make yeah. a giant scene and embarrass everyone and no, create a show. Like, some hard copy clip about the uh, Rick and Morty people like freak. I, I remember seeing it like uh, two years mm-hmm. ago. With the people freaking out at McDonald's, and then they cut away to someone like that works in a Japanese restaurant. He's like, "Yeah, it's just like uh, it's ginger, it's, uh, <laughs> soy sauce, uh, some garlic." And, and if you get it from yeah. McDonald's, add a slice of something disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> probably <laughs> keep it just preserved jack for nine hundred years. It. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, I, I really enjoy the show. But uh, big, ma- it was timed well with us having to delve into all of our middle school experiences and your stepson going to middle school. Which, uh, yeah, so far I've been fine, but yeah. But like, just thinking about all that, and you guys got to enjoy the show like that, and me being able to acknowledge, along with thousands of other people, that middle school was, I want to say the worst time in my life, but probably the most um, traumatic, transitional, tumultuous, tumultuous sure. time sure. in my yeah. life. Um, and Big Mouth is a show that only addresses that. It's and I, one of mm-hmm. my favorite things I experienced this year. And you should listen to that middle school episode. It's one of our most popular yeah. of the year, but like uh, everybody... Even I love the people who had to be like quietly like um I had a 
fantastic yeah, yeah i love yeah. and like, i loved like, oh do we alienate people who just had no problems i know i loved everyone who said they had a great <laughs> middle school experience too because thank god for you like right. good for you like for all of us that had terrible experiences mm-hmm. there should be some people who well, are having sure good and you're not a sociopath no. you had a good time in middle school right the, the circumstances just lined up for because you and yeah. that's fine and i'm glad for you i it would have been a lot worse because what big know. mouth addresses is i would have had a fine time in middle school because i didn't notice anything was wrong or everything seemed awesome and then sexuality and classes classism and like mm-hmm. all of a sudden like yeah, where are all my black friends at? What happened? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh we yeah. can't we like can't hang out anymore? Is that like but the show like addresses shit like that? And you were talking about being a little girl, like, I just want to have my first kiss. Like, I did not want anything to do with yeah. sexuality or relationships until my body started we were, yelling at me, sex all the time. Right. Sex. We were just talking about that, about like how like <laughs> I am so curious about our my stepson who is eleven, like he's in sixth grade and like by that point like i was already thinking about like i have crushes on these guys or i like want to have a first kiss Mm -hmm. like blah blah and also that's what pop culture was telling me like middle school was the time to have the first kiss and like girl books yeah girl books look at then you put it next to boy books and like uh uh Indian in the cupboard and yeah, have to eat fried yeah, yeah. worms. Women go have away. Have an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I want to bring my action figures to life and eat yeah. rodents. But I remember having to like go to gym class and stuff and just being like in early seventh grade. And there was a kid who you'd have to dress out and like that kid has a bunch of hair like around his penis. It's beautiful. And I am a horrible person <laughs> because I'm like less of a human being because I don't have that God, around mine. I did not have to deal with that, yeah. but we don't have to rehash middle school episode Right, that's again. all in the middle school. This is oh, about... fine. Okay, you don't want to rehash it. It's <laughs> no, fine. No, 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 it's fine. You rehash it. It's fine. I'll rehash it in therapy. Fine. Our adult year of uh, 2018. So mm. like, what is the best what are the best things that we experienced this year plenty of hair around the penis yeah no. so much <laughs> i was that like was i was like much. that was like probably the best thing that i had yeah, it Sorry. looks like it looks like a, a budding mushroom in a, in a field it, like, it, that's, how do you know that <laughs> <laughs> so much hair yeah so much hair. It looks like it looks like an R. Crumb comic. Yeah, it, my, my, my my dick looks like Slash without the top. Are you guys out. talking okay. about me? All but, right. No. Okay. So that much maybe hair. Maybe we should talk about that much hair. But I have a clip from Big Mouth, and I don't know okay. if it works because what the, what is great about the show is it's um it, and I never wondered that, and I probably should have what the women's the women's side of everything was because they all hit puberty first, and that made men stupider <laughs> so the whole time like uh uh we're like what the fuck is going on they're like what the fuck is going on why is everybody looking at me because our stuff isn't outward uh we may have a growth spurt but like our bodies don't change in front of everybody exactly. um and and that, that i love the way the show deals with that and the voice acting is amazing it's um so good. nick kroll and uh and john mulaney are the main people oh, and, and every we time saw jordan, nick kroll we did yeah, yeah we and did every time year. jordan peele shows up like duke ellington i love <laughs> so it good. it's so funny <laughs> yeah but there's like fred armison is so but is it like does so yeah, much for the, the girl stuff yeah. too it does like, the, the jesse girl, klein yeah jesse klein mm-hmm. and um maya rudolph mm-hmm. as the hormone monster introduced yeah. this season oh so good like it it Taps into a very strong thing. Let's ma- Ooh, let's go make your mother cry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just love Jordan Peele showing up in the attic as like the Duke Ellington. The ghost of Duke Ellington. Like, ah, I live in you. I live in your attic. <laughs> so, okay, the premise of this show, it's like, it should have been like, it, it feels to me like the first 
moment of the season, but I think it, it just got uh, clipified and viralized. Mm-hmm. But what you can't see is that there is a puberty monster, a living mm-hmm. embodiment of what's sure. happening to these children. Uh, and once once everybody on the soccer field, including the women, start noting, noticing this girl's boob, his boobs, the puberty monster rides a fan <laughs> down from the sky with a banner that reads, Andrew has a boner and crashes <laughs> into the ground. And it's it's one of my favorite moments in, yeah. in television this year. Just, I mean, just by, the, just by the way, it cuts like right into the show's theme. Boobs. Where did those come from? Below the neck, boobs. above the waist, boobs. it's definitely them. They're looking right at me. Boys are so gross. Wow, that uniform is doing something different. Because you're just doing exactly what they're doing. You're objectifying her. Oh, but she looks really good, right? Yeah. Those boobs, they're too awesome. Watch out. I'm coming in hot. Real hot. I'm going down. I can't feel my legs. Um, I have to go to the bathroom right now. Kill me. Somebody kill me. I don't want to live my life in a chair. It's not all bad. You can do Disney World in like an hour and a half. I, I guess, the, guy, the kid in the wheelchair has the uh, last joke. I feel yeah. that for my sisters who got <laughs> boobs real fast, but I also have to say on the for me and my sisters mm-hmm. who did not get boobs until we got into college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see you, invisible sisters. Oh. Nobody paid attention. To I, I tried to. I tried to make or high school. I thought I, the way this the show jokingly makes fun of it is, is how I remember it in like uh, like non-pubescent hindsight that it wasn't so much like eh, boobs drool 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 it's just like whatever's happening that's the most that's exemplary of what it is because like mm-hmm. that woman is becoming different right in front of me and the thing that makes her different mm-hmm. is the biggest <laughs> no yeah. i love the, the first it's amazing i yeah. love the show for its like depiction mm-hmm. of puberty i just like there is a li- there is a sliver of puberty like in middle school depiction that it does mm-hmm. not have, which is just like us flat chested sisters who are just ignored until we got to basically I, college. I like we're that. just like we're the funny girls who are like, here's my funny friend who that was like a, that was like is a standing next to grade. my big boobs girl. Because we have no idea where where to direct our sexuality. There's probably some gay gay kids out there, gay boys out there who were just like boobs. I, that's. That's different. Oh. Is this the change everyone's talking about? Let me mm-hmm. look in that direction because mm-hmm. this is different. Yeah. yeah, and it was was weird like being in like seventh grade with like girls with like enormous breasts and then women that wouldn't have breasts for several years. I want mm-hmm. to check on all of them. What are I'm not kidding. <laughs> not not for any sexual reason, but like what okay. what are those oh, the, no. the first girls to sprout? What are their lives like now? I'm so curious about that. Right. Too. Like did they keep growing? <laughs> or did you have to get them reduced? Like if they're yes, if they're, I think for a lot if of they're them. coming in in fourth grade, like what the fuck are you supposed to do about that? Anyway, uh, anyways, we're we're talking about the best of 2018. Titties. I mean, what? what? B- butts. Butts. Not the best part of 1992. <laughs> I don't yeah. know of Spuds McKenzie's ads campaign. Uh, no, no, and the the big Johnson T-shirt. I got to move this along. Um, yeah. Obviously, we all love Black Panther. Like, I, it's it's difficult yes. for me to say like whether I liked Infinity War or Black Panther better because Infinity War is like half Black set in Wakanda and like mm-hmm. you yeah. wouldn't know who any of those fucking people are why it's awesome without Black Panther mm-hmm. uh, but Black Panther was without a doubt a fucking phenomenon and I was yeah. I'm literally to this moment right now shocked to know 
Black Panther is the highest grossing movie of the year. Well, I felt like no this shit. summer no has been was like I didn't a hear anybody report on that. Black uh, film summer mm-hmm. for all of us mm-hmm. because I feel like we saw Black Panther. Sorry to bother you, and Black Klansman, all in a matter of a couple of months. We are going to talk about it all was those. huge. Yeah, all those it was Get Out last year. I can't remember. It was last yeah, year. It was last, last year. year. Okay. It was last year, and we're going to talk about all that. I just wanted to get that in there. Close out with some Kendrick Lamar off of a Black Panther soundtrack. When we come back, we're going to talk about pretty much everything you just mentioned at some point in this stacked extra long laser time. Stay there. It's all prophecy, and if I got to be sacrificed for the greater good, then that's what it got to be. It's 2019, people, and you should resolve to sleep better. Yes, you spend a third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfy. That's why we're sponsored today by Casper Mattress, the ultra-comfy, hyper-affordable, hassle-free mattress. And you will not believe how little they cost and how easy it is to ship to you for free. Better still, you can get $50 towards any new mattress by visiting caspertrial.com slash laser time. Rest assured, seriously, uh, the experts at Casper work tirelessly to make a, quality, make a quality sleep surface that cradles your natural geometry in all the right places. Plus, Casper offers affordable prices because Casper cuts out those middlemen and sells directly to you. Big box stores are going to want to sell you a mattress for thousands of dollars, but Casper starts at much less, around 500. They're offering two mattresses right now, the Wave and the Essential. The Wave features a patent-pending premium support system to mirror the natural shape of your body, whereas the Essential has a streamlined design at a price that won't keep you up at night. There's a reason Casper is the internet's favorite mattress, because you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free trial. Sleep on it for 100 nights. Don't like it? They'll come get it, dispose of it, give you a full refund as if it never happened. And yes, shipping and returns are free to U.S. and Canada. So once again, to get $50 towards any new mattress, visit caspertrial.com slash laser time. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. It really is. I think I think movies have gone to way less effort to explain their premise than the beginning of Home Alone. It's almost like a like reverse noir mystery movie where it's yeah. like they had to reverse engineer all this stuff to figure out like, hey, like, no, we there's no... This is an airtight argument that cannot be argued. Yeah, because I, I was, I'm trying to make the point that, like, no, I think the screenwriters took leaving a child behind very seriously. Yeah, and had they probably to, tested it. They probably right. used a kid in. Uh... <laughs> Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. back in with the opening of The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. I could never tell if that was a giant joke. The the house on Haunted Oof, Hill, Haunting Hill. It was so good. It, that, that is an awesome show. That is my probably my favorite TV show of the year. Really? Yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about our best of. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I just like I don't I I pretty sure I loved it. It just was one of those things when I was done with a Netflix show I'm like that didn't need to take 10 hours. Uh, <laughs> like, no, that, definitely that, 
That did not need to take ten hours. There was there was and there was one episode that had like all that weird flourish that looked like one cut. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, like the that, uh, mortuary uh, scene or that whatever justified yeah. sitting with these people for a very long time because sure. that's a fucking excellent episode of television. The rest of it is like, dude, this took a while to talk to uh, tell the story of, and I don't feel like it, I don't feel like it needed that much time. I agree with you, but I still think that it's it was over a fantastic 10 hours. television program. No, yeah. me too. And I thought it, I, I actually I'm sorry I feel like it was justified because they they, they did go like character by character. And I don't I, feel like that was that necessary. I, well, I mean, some people are dicks and some people aren't, <laughs> but like, um, I, I thought it was totally and justified. The, but it, it constantly teased this room, and this room wasn't very significant at all. It, no, it was extremely significant. No, it wasn't. Yes, it, it was. It was the key to the entire house. How? Because that Wait, was... Wait, don't spoil anything, but... Uh, but I mean, We'll talk about it off mic. Wait, I don't, gonna, think it, I don't think it was. Wait like, a minute. I think that before we go further, mm, we should talk about mm, when we're going further, when we're talking about our best ofs, are we mm-hmm. going to do spoilers? Yeah, like, we might as well we do spoilers. Spoil okay, so guys, mm. we're going to spoil something. <laughs> yeah. Hill House spoilers. If like, you haven't seen you haven't the end it. of Hill it's House, totally, it's totally... You had a minute to watch It's one of the classiest, awesome, like ways to be scared the th- coolest thing to watch during halloween that anybody put out yes mm, period uh I, and i didn't i don't want to say i didn't love it i just like i wish it was like five episodes instead of ten and because mm, i think it could have been maybe eight episodes instead of ten but i agree maybe. that's quibbling but i mean like it was still fantastic yeah, like no, i yeah. loved it it was so like it it made a universe and brought you into it in the way that I want a TV show. And oh, and say, I'll say it's my favorite first episode of anything I saw this mm-hmm. year. The first sure. episode is amazing. No, yeah, the first episode, like really, like right at the end of that, it's like holy fuck. Yeah. you know, like I, it's, I remember it's one, one of the best about. moments I, on television of 2018. But I did appreciate them spending like an episode like on each character because I I think I described it before. When we were I get lost flashbacks in um yeah, but I, I <laughs> to lost like, flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, but it really was like uh, six feet under meets mm-hmm. like American Horror yeah. Story or something and, like that. that. I love and that. I appreciated them like delving into each character and then you get up uh, they they did that with everybody and then you get up to kind of the long cut episode which was kind of like um uh in true detective yeah where they did the like long yeah. episode cut mm-hmm. of that and where which uh, is just like dude this is like masterful and most television shows don't sure. bother to do nobody right. bothers to do that and, and it's very cool yeah it's and beautiful. as as somebody who just like likes film i like to see like and try to identify where they did where the they cuts, made the, their shooting you know? cut or where their hidden cuts are yeah where the hidden cuts are and, and as someone cool. who is like extremely affected by like film and tv like the um the episode where the bent neck lady yeah. is was revealed yeah. like that night i had nightmares about that it's like, it's like I, it up was until that, that happened, affecting mm. to me. And yet the next morning I wanted to get up and continue to watching this, continue to watch the show. So that's, that's huge so, and, for yeah. me. And from my view, up until that happened, I wasn't sure I was going to keep watching the show. Yeah. Anymore. Cause like they, they, well, there's not enough is happening. That means that that's a masterful show that they like hooked you in. Right. Right when well, you needed to. You know, if it was on regular television, I don't wouldn't give a show five yeah. hours. We do not live in a world of regular <laughs> we do not. television. Well, now, but now I find myself like 
don't know if I want to like. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. I'm gonna wait for someone else to report back. Yeah. And tell me whether sh- like one of these Netflixy shows we are worth, worth the shit. I didn't used to be. I mean, Netflix uh, admittedly puts out a lot of crap, mm-hmm. but I really liked Hill House. Yeah, I really did. And they me put too. out a lot of crap. And, and you were in the errands, like on it holds up on repeat viewings because you can find it, things you it didn't does see before. because mm-hmm. you can go back and see. Uh, ghost sightings and stuff like that. Which that I saw, to their, the show's credit, I think I saw two, naturally. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I, I was here. reading about, like, fuck, these were all over the place. Oh, and I after never got I them. finished, like, mm-hmm. the whole season, then I went back to, like, BuzzFeed mm-hmm. and, like, blah, and Vulture, and they, were, like, read the articles where it was, like, here's where all the, like, you know, secret ghosts are. And, like, are you blah, sure? Because when I, I watched that scene, I'm pretty sure I remember matching gems on my phone. Fuck! Oh, that's why I missed it. <laughs> but I mean, to transition into some other stuff, like mm-hmm. Netflix really had the hold on me for Halloween this year because mm-hmm. it gave me two of my other favorite shows of this year, which were both Sabrina mm-hmm. and The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. Ooh. I can never get the name of it right, but I talked about this a lot. So let me talk about Sabrina for a little bit. Maybe yeah. watched like the first four episodes of yeah. it. Yeah. And it was like... Like intriguing, I just kind of fell off of it. Sabrina was fantastic. It was so good. It's so dark. It's so fucking dark. Like it's not what you're expecting. And there's so much talking about like the dark lord and like praying to Satan and stuff. It's it was to the point where it made me a like lapsed Catholic girl, like nervous watching this show because how much they talked about worshiping Satan. The showrunner's the creator of the comic or that version of the comic right yeah yeah because i've read the comic yeah and i love archie's willingness to like yeah fuck it why don't you kill everybody with the predator like let's just do that (laughs) um like they do that all that they do that all the time and like the the, the directions they took with uh afterlife with archie and and then sabrina after that Mm -hmm. are really really fun things to do to those characters So fun. i mean they lean so hard into we don't give a fuck (laughs) about what you think about Mm -hmm. us we're gonna talk about we are worshiping satan yeah we are into the dark. Yeah, it's lore. like they, they didn't have we to like. Do not care that they didn't have. It, it seems like a really dark revamp, but like, dude, the Archie comics have have been doing that for years. Yeah, like trying it. Just yeah, fuck it. Let's just try and make a new thing for the age. Riverdale well, didn't happen overnight. It's just something that constantly happened. Yeah, yeah Archie the yeah. people who are watching it did not realize that. And yeah. like, when I was watching Sabrina, I was like fucking shocked to my core. Like, oh my god. We're literally talking no, about worshiping yeah, Satan. Yeah, I mean, right. Because I, I, I forget on the show that is like well, I forget for the, the masses. I forget there was an old Disney sitcom that did kind of codify what everybody thought Sabrina was, and that probably was like even more of a shock to the system to people who grew. I never, I never really saw that show. I'm a Clarissa the guy. TGIF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too old yeah. for that horse shit. No, I watched but it. No, that, that classic comic thing was like was just the like, oh, uh, jokes uh, and... grocery aisle like checkout yeah. lane yeah, horsey comic like... thing. And jokes then they and just witches like, and stuff. Yeah, like, then you get into the 21st century and it, they just let it get dark as fuck. Yeah, and they're, cool. like before it was just like silly witches and now it's like, no, we are obeying the dark lord. The dark lord. Lord. The dark lord. Like <laughs> Satan. <laughs> yeah. And it was like making my little like Catholic heart be weird. Like yeah. I was like, oh, should I be watching this? But oh my God, I yeah, loved it so much. There's no doubt if Alan Rickman was not dead, he would have totally been in that 100%. series. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was so good. Her. Yeah. Her. Yeah. I was so happy with so it. So you're in the theater. Now. Her. 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 I've been okay. doing that for like two, three I, weeks. I'm sorry. That is I, also a 
a quick interlude here. That is a great thing we did in 2018 mm-hmm. is to go see Die Hard in the theater yeah. in 2018. Yeah, I don't know if everybody has a CMX joint, but they're like really hard up for that flashback. I think yes, like, like every Sunday and Wednesday, like yeah. and, they, and the, the fucking cheesy SEO is like, this movie is one of my real favorites. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. gonna look really intently into the camera. I'm not an on-camera person, mm-hmm. and so you, I, I believe you. Yeah. Like this is yeah. so. Keep talking. Like all right. Yeah. Yeah. But like Netflix really like tapped into my dark Halloween mm-hmm. heart because mm-hmm. they gave me Sabrina, right. but then they also gave me the Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. On the top of a dark and distant mountain, there is a beautiful and talented woman who uses her unique skills to create hauntingly disturbing confections. She finds beauty in the art of darkness with each creation and shares them with us, the unusual creatures she has taken into her home. I can't remember the last time we had a normal meal around here. You think this meal is normal? That is spectacular. I, I really so like. So good. I wish I had more interest in watching this. This show is amazing. <laughs> it looks this like is... it looks like Martha Stewart meets Labyrinth. Oh, it's <laughs> precisely and, and like this is the show like... that I watched this fall that I was like, God, I wish they had more like episodes. I wish I could go back in time and watch it again with eyes anew because it was so good. <laughs> Like it's, it's one of the things just... that makes me uh, when, when I'm hating Netflix like love them again because mm-hmm. like whatever this is it Netflix is really good at allowing stuff to breathe that probably wouldn't get a lot of time on a normal channel but there's not a lot of places for Christine the curious creations of Christine McConnell to go mm-hmm. like it would have to go in like the DIY or Food Network and it's a hard sell right and it's but it's not for Netflix and someone because someone pointed out today like Brett recommended like last year the year before like the art of tidying up and that woman now has oh yeah a show uh, yeah I mean it's not 2018 but we did watch like two episodes okay of, uh, um, uh, Marie save Kondo. it for next year but yeah. no what <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I will save it for next year but I have it's amazing of, uh, refolded some shirts <laughs> but this curious creations of Christine McConnell mm-hmm. it is phenomenal like I wish I could unwatch it and go back and rewatch it that's how much I loved it she, her like, name, like gross cakes and gross yes, Halloween cakes yeah she makes like cakes out of like shrunken heads and haunted houses <laughs> it's like basically if, if Adam Stanley had a cook yeah exactly <laughs> or if older Colby Smulders like wore a corset yeah, she looked and like, Colby, like made yeah, some nasty oh, yeah. and shoved her tits up or, uh, sorry. hey bu- anyway. buddy buddy yeah. keep classy sorry. but okay so we're talking about TV mm-hmm. now so mm-hmm. let's talk about the other TV that we recommend from this year I am dying to know about uh, 9-11. Okay, yeah. So Shit, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm in full support of this. Yeah. So 9-11 is a show that is sure on. they want to call it 9-1-1. 9-1-1. I don't know what people call it, to be honest, because I've call never. Call 9-11. Somebody call 9-11. I've never Real heard American anyone talk heroes. about it. No, It actually technically started last year, mm-hmm. but this year Sam and I got into it, and it's like, it's kind of the best trash TV mm. because it's basically like first responders and it's kind of the um, six feet under style where you like see scenario playing out mm-hmm. at the very first and Ooh. then it's like, oh, the fishers what kind deal of with it. crazy mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. is going to happen and then these people are going to deal with it. Yeah. And by the way, Peter Krause and <laughs> Angela Bassett are both the stars of it. It's fantastic and very soapy. So like it's <laughs> if you're looking I remember for that watching sort of a thing, promo and like and like they rescue someone off of ledge and then 
snakes are in the walls and like snakes in the walls yeah yeah you almost had that it's that sort of shit like it's extremely soapy it's produced by um brad falchuk and ryan murphy who are like two of our biggest tv producers right now and we're gonna talk about them again producers right yeah we're gonna talk about them and again in a second but um it's it's great like if you want a good soapy network television like primetime soap to get into, I think this is the one to do. Yeah. Mm. And I was... And, oh, sorry, go ahead. Now, I was a volunteer fireman at one point, and I love the technical aspect of anything having to do with uh, rescue shows. So it's... It's very entertaining for me. That's right. You you always make yeah, me watch like baby. emergency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my baby was a real deal fireman. Well, really? volunteer fireman. That's not prove a it. Fireman. Show me the calendar. A real deal fireman mm-hmm. goes to fire college and it's like does all fire college. So, like, is that really yeah. what they call it? But also, yeah. like this this <laughs> show. Do is... cops go to bad guy college? There is like a fire <laughs> college you yeah. can go. No, to I know. I'm kid- I, I when I in San Francisco, I lived next to like the campus, and you could just see that the, there's this, this one like looks like it's from Dumbo, like this building mm-hmm. supposed to be set on fire and it's like fake four stories that yeah. you have to deal with. Yes, I know. I understand. No, and I, I just mean like, you know, firemen are usually also like um, uh, glorified, para, uh, effective paramedics as well. Oh. So I'm trying to like when somebody says, it's also my <laughs> wife that says like, you're a real deal fireman. I'm like, well, technically that's not true. So <laughs> someone in. Yeah, it's fantastic. Insult, like, it's a great firemen. show if you're so, into that. Real story. firemen sleep with other firemen, Sam. Exactly. <laughs> Penis in the ass. Okay, That's I'm kind of into that. So let me know more yeah. about that. But I'm super into it. But yeah, no, like 911 is one of the shows that we got super into this year because it's just like one of those great soapy, like, you know, when I don't saw have th- to think about it too much shows. And it has some of our greatest actors in it, Peter Krause. And Angela Bassett. Also, mm-hmm. it has a really great diverse cast. Like there is a black woman who's a lesbian. There's also a Southeast Asian man, like who is a main character. So it's sound of half of our listeners boycotting the show. Is <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very diverse cast. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's like, a lot of fun. I really like if it. If you well, like that's, that sort I love of the, soapy stuff, I like the idea when it's when great. when television wants to hang in there, and you'll hear mm-hmm. when. Our opinions on modern television in the worst of 2018 mm-hmm. on patreon.com slash laser time. But one of the instincts is to like, no, let's go real fucking hard. And I don't want to say trash, but like real fucking pulpy and like, fuck it. Like, yeah, why at, not? Yeah, like every 10 seconds, like let's do something incredible yeah. with a different group of people. Yeah. And th- I remember reading about people like it was just reviewed in such a different way than I think it would have been like 15 years ago because mm-hmm. it just would have been called garbage. But mm-hmm. like, no, we have to keep people's attention in between like, what would it, seven minutes of commercials if you're watching it on fucking well, premiere day, whatever they call that anymore? It does the same sort of thing that Six Feet Under did mm-hmm. where like the cold open oftentimes is someone in peril or something and it's like, how are they going to Yeah, it's like somebody's like walking through the mall. Like how are they going to end up to be the uh, subject of this emergency? You know what I mean? It's like I'm just walking up an escalator. Suddenly the uh, top of the escalator collapses and they fall into And my wool sucked in. Yeah, they fall into the motor assembly or whatever of the escalator. And it's like, holy shit, you know, that's. 
but you never know when it's coming. But you know it's coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like six feet under. Yeah, I, I, I fucking love. I, every day I think about that one that starts out with a guy on the phone, and then it slams the other end of the phone. And it's a guy who's shooting up the office of the telecommunications. Oh, office. I was uh, thought you were going to say the guy that like ever. walked outside and got struck by lightning when, when he put up his umbrella. Oh, oh no, too. my my like big six feet under one that I always remember is the the rapture. The, yeah, the rapture. The rapture one? Yeah. There's a bunch of blow-up dolls. I thought you were going to say the LSD alien. one. It's like, hey, I'm flying. I also like the guy yeah. who's, I'm assuming it's Dave Matthews, um, who gets hit with a frozen turd from an airplane. Mm. So I think that happened to the Dave Matthews man or something like that. Oh. So let's no, no, it was, their, it was their shit. They, uh, they dumped it on a bunch yeah. of other people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk about TV a little bit longer because mm-hmm. one of the other things I want to talk about is Pose. Huh? Pose. Oh no, I'm not gonna like this, am I? Fantastic, and I mm. everyone should watch it. You would like um, it if you watched it. So 911 was produced by uh, Brad Falchuk and Ryan Murphy, who are, are they did Glee and like American Horror Story and blah blah blah, like continuing on, and now it's Pose, and Pose is fantastic. It's all about the New York 1980s gay scene with the the Vogue scene and the balls. hundred mm-hmm. percent The balls? The balls. Oh, like, I, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Like, like, a, like a gala affair. Yeah. Let's be a little bit more direct. It's like the um, 1980s, like, uh, black, Latino, uh, yeah. trans, like, Vogue, you know, uh, drag scene. What channel is this on? FX. FX. Oh, I've never heard of this. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It came out earlier this year. I was not aware of this until I guess two days ago. Kind of recently yeah. because mm-hmm. I knew that it was happening and it just like did not get the. I have, I have sling for some some reason. They don't get live FX. You can only get the on demand stuff. So well, like we got. I got to seek it out. Our plex. Mm-hmm. But uh. Uh, it is fantastic, and it is a great look into the New York black trans. Uh, and Latino scene with the the voguing and everything like what we view as Madonna with mm-hmm. the Vogue scene. She stole that from Madonna. Stole? Yeah. No, she's a tastemaker. It's basically the documentary that we all love. Paris is burning. It's fantastic. What are you yeah, talking? About? It, I mean, no, it's very well done, and I'm very sympathetic to uh, critically acclaimed shows that nobody watches mm. but are very good. Because well, and FX like, was like before, like Netflix was the home to like, dude, good shit airs on this channel. Yeah, all day. but there was a show that was critically acclaimed that nobody watched that was very, um, I think I already said critically acclaimed, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. Hold and Catch Fire that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Did that end? Yeah, it went for four seasons. I think it ended a year or two years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm so very uh, sympathetic to I was to bracing myself like for my engineer girlfriend at the time to like force me to watch that, and she never did. And no, and nobody really watched it. Yeah, and I think that's the same thing with Pose, but they're still good shows. They're very critically acclaimed. Totally, Ryan, yeah. brother. The cat won't stop meowing. I feel like I Trailer know. Park Boys. I is keep starting. getting distracted because she's <laughs> meowing, and I'm like making a sentence, and then yeah, yeah. ashy ass cat. But why, why is that cat so dirty? This year, the carpet's filthy. Insecure yeah. and queer. Queer Eye were both amazing. What's Insecure? Insecure is something I'm, I'm meaning to watch. Issa Rae. Yeah. Issa, yeah, Issa Rae. It's on HBO, right? Yeah. yeah. I ain't got no HBO. Oh, fuck. That mm-hmm. show's great, though. Come to our house and watch it, because it is phenomenal. Absolutely. In uh, Queer Eye, I have no interest in One show that we have to stand for so hard, and I got on Sam. I was like, you have to back me up on this. It's so good, year after year. 
Vanderpump Rules. Okay. Vanderpump Rules! Wait, so I'm a Bravo stan. I will watch all Bravo Stan. I will watch all the Bravo shows, all the Real Housewives, blah, blah, blah. A show did not come up that Sam did not like until Vanderpump. No, I mean, it's the reverse. I did not like any I'm Bravo sorry. show. That's right. Uh, I regard, I generally uh, regard uh, reality TV as trash TV, and Vanderpump Rules is trash TV too, but it is the most engaging and most entertaining. Uh, from my perspective, of those the genres. Big Mac and Fries of Trash yeah. TV. Yeah, because I mean, I can't, I can't usually watch reality TV because I'm like, somebody is like filming a scene and it's like, oh, we're gonna surprise so and so. I'm like, well, the cameramen are already in the house, so how the fuck can you be fucking surprised? <laughs> you know, it, it just annoys me, and it's just uh, something about Vanderpump uh, Rules. Uh, it's just engaging. I like it. It's and just I'm a not going to apologize. I have no idea what it is. It's just a bunch of trash people living in LA. When I say Vanderpump Rules, I'm like, Vanderpump Rules! Is it, is it, or is it like the Cider House Rules? <laughs> is <Yeah>. it? <laughs> No, they no, don't. They don't talk is... like Michael Caine. I don't. Yeah. That Michael Caine is not. And in. why would anybody watch this show? I Michael Caine never I watches wish. the show. Michael Caine thinks it's trash. Yeah. The tanks of LA. He thinks Vanderpump Rules is the worst thing. It's the worst show in the universe. It's the worst. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm fully dead. That was amazing. The show is only six seasons. Only six seasons. <laughs> the show is only 16 Whatever. years old. It was only 16 years old. Sorry. Whatever. The show is garbage, but if you want to get into the Bravo trash. What is Vanderpump Rules? Okay. It is yeah, a show that. that is revolved around. Uh, this woman, Lisa Vanderpump, who has several restaurants and all the trash monsters who work in their restaurant. And these are her rules or she's awesome? What is the show saying here? No, uh, neither of those okay. things. It's just like garbage people, following garbage people. It's like the real world except for following these garbage people in LA. It is the most engaging of the it trash the reality TV. It is the best of it's the, the only one that, trash. I, that really entertains me and I really I actually do look forward to watching it with yeah, my wife. Yeah, there we uh, go. Pit. <laughs> what else? What else? Uh, what you had Black, Black Klansman on the list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's never been a black cop in this city. We think you might be the man to open things up around here. Hello, this is Ron Stallworth calling. Well, who am I speaking with? This is David Duke. Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That David Duke? God. Last time I checked. What can I do you for? Well, since you asked, I hate blacks. I hate Jews, Mexicans, and Irish, Italians, and Chinese. But my mouth to God's ears, I really hate those black rats. And anyone else, really, that doesn't have pure white Aryan blood running through their veins. I'm happy to be talking to a true white American. <laughs> I, I love Man. Topher Grace's David. Yeah, Jesus Christ. It was great. Year. And as somebody who like came up in the 80s and the 90s who got to see some great uh, Spike Lee shit yeah. and who after that got to see some really like lackluster Spike right. Lee shit, this was fucking great. Yeah, Spike Lee took a weird turn of like, uh, like no, I just want to be a normal director. I don't want to make black films. And I just kind of want to tell him like, I only want you to make black films. 
Yeah. Because real he does it. It's really fucking good. Like, and this movie really is well. fucking awesome. Yeah, I love this movie. Inside man. Anybody yeah. could have made this film. But I think so. But like, it's more... In, that that line of dialogue it we just heard... It feels like a Danny yeah. Boyle film. It's so bit. sanitized. Yeah. And and part of... I don't want to get too far into to politics, but like in the 2015 me denying certain aspects of this mm. country... That Spike Lee told me the whole time was happening. <laughs> yeah, and and now they now it's just like kind of him holding my head to this movie and like the, some yeah. of the language in the movie I have not heard in anything in so long because yeah. we just haven't sure. confronted this aspect of America. I mean, I think this was the movie that we all went to where I at the end of it, he, like Spike Lee showed. Uh, you spoil it now. Uh, we didn't spoil yeah. it. It's, yeah, I think it's we yeah. spoil it now. He's, or Heather he Hare, showed like. images of the Charlottesville massacre, and that's like, and Char- I said it on bonus. I couldn't I believe was, like, sobbing in to 2018 the point. to prove a point about racism. Mm-hmm. Spike Lee ended a movie with a picture of a white girl. Yeah, yeah, and like that. That seems so. We had come so fucking into a weird place. It really fucking bothered me, and yeah. I didn't ball in front of you because I can't and I'm not allowed but if I would have seen this alone I would have lost it hey. oh no we we You're were in a allowed. weird place because I was bawling in front of you and yeah. like we came out of the theater and I was like fucking give me a second because <laughs> the, the movie ends with now even though yeah. it's set in the 70s and it's about what is it Ron Stallworth is that his name mm-hmm. like the he's a first black mm-hmm. cop in this weirdo county and um, poses on the phone to the clan and David Duke played by Topher Grace, yeah. which is so weird, mm-hmm. um, uh, infiltrates the clan over the phone as a black man and uh, Adam Driver has to play his like physical embodiment. Yeah, obviously, exactly. Ron can't show up. Mm-hmm. And I know you're young people and all you've read is all the articles about the real person behind this and how you don't like him. And I understand that. But it's still a fucking fascinating story and a look at America that doesn't get brought up on film very often. Yeah. And I think a really uh, important story done. A good story. A, done a story that needs to be known. Well, it just it it was just a great fucking Spike Lee movie again with yeah. a point. Yeah. With, and with a, with a point of view. Like, and, yeah. That's, this is like real Spike Lee shit. And this yeah. is what he's good at. And he just made a solid ass movie, which I mm-hmm. love. So Jordan Peele had to like and, talk him into it or some shit like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's like a pr- producer on yeah. the movie. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I saw that in the trailer. But I'm like... Yeah, this was a solid kick-ass fucking movie. Yes. And I can't remember, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, back in the aughts, uh, Spike Lee, he was back into, into doing, like, what, the 11th hour and Which is 24th, one of the best movies I've ever seen. But, but after that, like, the, I don't hate Inside Man at all. It's just that, like, really? Why does Spike Lee have to do that? It's like, like yeah. to say, like, why? Why does Spike Lee have to do only black things? I'm not saying he does, but I'll be there day one when he does it. Like, to, to see a movie from his perspective, like, he's going to do a heist movie? Fine. It's like me going to a theater and watching Jersey Girl. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't want to see Kevin Smith do a generic Hollywood stale story. That's how, I, I don't hate Inside Man. you think Inside Man was that? I think. We don't, we don't have to. Do in the context of Spike Lee, Yes. But to, to compare it to Jersey Girl is really wrong, and I hope Spike yeah. Lee never hears that I did okay. that. Okay, okay. Uh, but we can talk about that more later. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, Hereditary. I oh, feel like we talked about it before. Fuck, it's such uh, a good movie. It's it was so much fun. Do yourself a favor, watch a trailer, and don't read anything else about it, and then go enjoy yes. this total mind well, fuck of a whole. I mean, movie. Yeah. we're talking about some like uh, lesbian undertone situation. Are we back to the other? Watch movies? Killing Eve. Oh okay. Oh God yes, Killing damn, Eve it's is so is good. Great. It is a great Killing series. Killing Eve is amazing. 
And I was I was bummed that I didn't see more documentaries this year. I know Matt is going to mention another one in the next uh, uh, break. But in case I don't mention it there because I have forgotten, uh, Minding the Gap, even though I think that came out in 2017, like it came out to like three towns. Uh, but it's on Hulu for free, and it's about this guy who was filming a skateboarding friends for like 10 years and then became a very good filmmaker. Some of the best skateboarding footage I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, that and, like pairs nicely with uh, hmm. Gleaming the Clue. The Q. <laughs> yeah, it's coming soon, a 302010. Uh, but then it's all about the depravity of the death of the middle class and oh. about how all these, how, what, uh, how these, this, this, White kid and this black kid from the same area, best friends forever, are going in a completely divergent paths and totally fucked up. It's one of the, I don't know how to explain it very well, but it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Mind in the Gap. It's on Hulu for free. You should check it out. Okay. Um, and I'm going to close out with some goddamn Adam Sandler music because I was taken aback, floored by how much I liked Adam Sandler's 100% Fresh. The new new comedy special from Adam Sandler. Yeah, I, I really like I know liked there were it. funnier specials, but like, I no. didn't. I wasn't as surprised. Like, oh, Adam Sandler's been wasted in films. He should have done doing this. What he was doing all along, and instead of making like full like ten minute songs, he's just like, this song's one minute. This song's forty seconds. Oh, cotton candy, making me rant. Like, just that's perfect. All I want to hear from you. I don't want to see you do another or, character or a bad Netflix movie or anything with David Spade. I mean, he could have gone with Tollbooth Willie. That was okay. <laughs> Tollbooth Willie the movie? Yeah. I'm coming out of <laughs> the Not the booth. movie, but just the skit. <laughs> Dollar 25, yeah. please. Dollar 25. In this economy, Dollar 25. You fucking cocksucker. <laughs> but there's some great songs in it. So what you'll hear here, maybe we'll uh, close out with some Bar Mitzvah Boy and bring you back in with UFC Ears, a wonderful Devo-esque song <laughs> about okay. the ears of <laughs> Ultimate Fighting Championship members. Uh, but I do want to say you can hear these guys even more in our worst of uh, 2018 because I have some worst of things I want to talk about you. I want to talk about with you from this year, and you can hear about that on Patreon.com/LaserTime. We do need your support now more than ever to keep us going into 2019, and we do appreciate that. We want to stick with you another year, uh, so stay right there, and you'll hear what Diana, Michael, Matt, and Lake have to say about things of the year. Best of 2018. We'll be right back. He can beat you in the octagon. Afterwards, drink 30 beers. But that doesn't change the horrible fact. He also has a case of UFC ears. UFC ears. UFC ears. Tiny little holes in his UFC ears. UFC ears. UFC ears. Can't stop looking at his UFC ears. Welcome to 2019. In case you didn't know, of course, Video Game Apocalypse just had its best video games of the year episode, and it is a wonderful one. Among the nominees, you've got Spider-Man, God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, and Monster Hunter World. Well, what if I told you you could play all of these games for free? Well, you can by going to GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime. You know, Gamefly, we're talking the Netflix of games here. You make a queue, pick the games you want, pick your plan, they ship you the games you want, you play them all you want for one low monthly fee, ship them back when you're done. Play as many games as you absolutely can and ship back in a month for as low as $9.50 a month if you take advantage of our deal at GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime. Gamefly's got not only damn near everything on VGA's Game of the Year list, they've got over 9,000 games and movies for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, 3DS, and even some older legacy systems. Gamefly is a great way to play more and spend less, but for this week, it's the cheapest way possible to play everything on Vigigame Apocalypse's Greatest Games of 2018 list. Head to our exclusive link, GameFlyOffer.com 
gamefly.com slash laser time, and you can take advantage of two introductory offers. Try one month of Gamefly, free, nothing. Or you can get your first three months of Gamefly for just $9.50 for the first three months. And hey, either one beats the hell out of paying $60 for just one game. Known it. Once again, get your free month of Gamefly at gameflyoffer.com slash laser time. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show, 30, 2010. You may have seen NBC's TV movie, A Twist of Fate. A Nazi who became a Jew and for decades <laughs> got away with it. How could you do it? Ben Cross, Veronica Hamill, Twist of Fate, premiere Sunday. Yeah. A Nazi who became a Jew. If we, oh my God, it's the reverse Stephen Miller story. <laughs> if we hadn't had... And now I have to see it because like the scene where they show him like a Nazi who became a Jew, that little clip from the YouTube video <laughs> is like the Joker's transition. Oh, he had plastic... The had story plastic, is he had plastic surgery. So what plastic surgery did you have, my yeah, friend, to make yourself look more specific. Jewish? be <laughs> specific. Just a, just a Nazi trying to do the right thing. Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go again. Come on. I'm heading out. And all I'm taking with me is my phone, wallet, keys. Yeah, phone, wallet, keys. Just those three things, please. Need my phone, wallet, keys. Got my credit cards in my wallet. Got my phone, you can call it. Master lock on my front door. That's all my motherfucking keys are for my phone. Wallet, keys, yeah, phone, wallet, keys. Good things come in trees. Need my phone, wallet, keys. If I'm going to the zoo, I need my phone, wallet, keys. If I'm getting a face tattoo, I need my phone, wallet, keys. Right, coming in with more Adam Sandler from his uh, special, which I already forgot the name of. Uh, but that is Phone Wallet Keys. That took the that took the world by storm. Um, that was, again, great special. Hey, you know what? Sam and Sarah are gone, and I'm being joined by... Let's call them Laser Time West. Uh, who here is with me today? It's Diana Goodman. Oh, 302010 Diana Goodman? And Video Game Apocalypse is Michael Torres. Oh, splendid. And that has to be it. And Matthew, West Coast is the best coast. Alan. Oh, anybody else? That has to be all. Special West Coast guest. And Macworld's Leif Johnson. Whoa. Wow, I'm so glad. All right, stop. It's not fair. Florida knows how to sleep and vote incorrectly. Uh, keys, wallet, phone. Come on, keep it on topic, folks. Got my keys, wallet, phone. My wallet, yeah. phones, and my the keys. The anthem for a generation. It's really, it's really good. It's really good. Old white guys. Because Chris, um, hmm. I don't know about you, but I feel like this special was pretty much custom made for me. Like middle-aged white dude, the the comedy special. That's uh, well, I, like it for me. It it validated. It, it validated all the love I had for Adam Sandler before he started making movies. Yeah, it, it made me feel like yes. I was right in that he had the wrong job for multiple decades. That and, and just something about like the whole world is shitty and there's bad news everywhere you look and there's very few people who can make comedy exist in an environment that doesn't touch upon that. And yeah. like making jokes about electric cars and UFC ears. Oh my god, it, it's, it's 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 as corny as you would think. It's it's as corny as shit. The I special. love it, dude. It's but the it's best. Still really good. It's like endearingly corny. Like and forget the fact that he looks like a poor man's Vincent Price in some segments because his weird mustache he's growing. Like <laughs> like it, it really like the whole special is like a reminder. Like oh shit, 
Adam Sandler's growing old. Like he's in his fifties now. And then <laughs> by the end of the special, he makes you realize, Oh shit. I just grew old with Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it really is the, to me, the greatest comedy special of the year. It's not just that the jokes are funny. It's like, it's sort of this, like if he died tomorrow, that'd be the most perfect thing he's ever done. It'd be the greatest way to remember him. I, Dying I, would be. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't want to see another one of those fucking Netflix movies. Uh, good timing. Yeah, I got to warn you, Chris. The the Hannah Gadsby fans are out front right now when you said that. <laughs> well, I won't be able to recognize him because I don't know who that is. <laughs> I wasn't that myself. <laughs> no, but I mean, so Nanette, no, you didn't hear a big viral hit. Nanette is very. Very funny, but also very heartbreaking. Oh, no. no, I mean, but actually, okay, this is a, this is a weird segue. But so the special starts out kind of silly, typical Adam Sandler. Like, I mean, I, I was probably like you, Chris. Like I, in high school, I used to sit around the CD player and we would listen yes. to the goat, like the goat sketches, right? Like we were. We I got a snake, man. Uh, yeah, I listen. I have yeah. all of that shit memorized. You fucking you button hooked me. I didn't know you were gonna button hook me. Mm-hmm. Why um, don't you pull out your cock and balls and let him play with it for a while? Lady well, yes. Welcome to Worcester, dollar eighty five, please. <laughs> but like, and so the beginning of the special is that if you were to tell me at the beginning of twenty eighteen that I would close the year tearing up to an Adam Sandler fucking comedy <laughs> special when he does a tribute to his friend Chris Farley, I would have never would have guessed that would have happened, yeah. and yet. Here we are, tear in eye. Like it's one of the most touching tributes I've I've ever seen. Late I'll last late last year they released that in uh on the anniversary of his birth or death. But like it's just interesting that I've watched the special like three times now. My dad loved it. Um, but like Netflix can keep shit off of YouTube, man, and like no one had seen that that Chris Farley tribute just came out like months after the special was out and it has millions of views, like millions of views, and it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, and and then he he transitions into uh, that song "Grow Old with You" mm-hmm. from Wedding Singer, mm-hmm. but he's updated it. And at first, you think it's just a tribute to his wife, you know, and it's, it's like here's a, here's us over the past twenty years. And then the end of the song, he kicks it and goes, "And this is to you, the audience." And he shows his whole career, yep. and that's what I was saying. I wasn't joking. Like you realize, <laughs> we all grew old with Adam Sandler yeah. together over the past and that's twenty why years. I was like, saying it was like a, it's like an obit. Like, please don't make anything else. <laughs> Like, well, I mean, honestly, all I could think of is like, I mean, if you think of Adam Sandler's career, uh, he might repeat himself every now and then. Like, think of the Grown Ups no. two of this. Like, he's I could see him doing this special in another twenty years. You it know, just, and it'll it just, be the updated it, instead of the updated Hanukkah song or updated Lunch Lady Land or up, updated Want to Grow Old with You. He, he'll just keep updating that. Like, that's his new update song. Is was, I want to grow old with. It you. was the perfect amount of silliness that, like, I feel like modern comedy doesn't have. I never thought I would miss Adam Sandler again. I really didn't. But uh, another mishap on Spaceship 69 uh, made me <laughs> excited so to see Rob Snyder. It's it was... Uh, it, anyway, so we have to move on. Matt, what are some more of your favorite stuff of 2018? Best of 2018. Uh, so, I mean, stuff that made me tear up and cry. Um, Won't You Be My Neighbor? The Mr. Rogers documentary. I cried like a baby in front of a date watching that movie. Uh, really? Yeah, I haven't talked to her in a while. I wonder if she thinks I'm weird. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, Chris, but so when when you first started watching that special, like at first I'm just riveted because it, it has like behind the scenes footage of Mr. Rogers, who you mm. quickly realize like I've never actually seen the man. I've always seen the on-air personality. Yeah. And then what you learn over the course of the movie is, the on-air personality is the man. It's the same. And it's he, 
Yeah. It's insane. He's the most genuine person in the universe, and he's got no other terrible baggage. He meant what he said every time he said it. And, and I, I learned things. Like, I learned he was a minister. Yeah. And and the way he ministered, though, was his calling, he felt, was like, I'm going to teach children and help children develop and grow up. And he didn't, he didn't, it wasn't heavy handed. There wasn't like religious overtones, but it was still ministry. Like, you quickly realize, like, oh, he's helping people mm-hmm. develop into better human beings. Like, that's, mm-hmm. he really, and if anything, like the movie really shows, like, he would get frustrated if people just said, oh, that's a silly kid show. You know, it's like, no, I'm doing something deep here and important to the point where, like, he was part of, like, that school of child psychology, like in, you know, Dr. Spock and all that stuff coming out of Pittsburgh at the mm-hmm. time, like they basically said, yeah, Mr. Rogers was one of the peers of all of those people. Like he is this hugely important guy. Mm-hmm. If anything, like one of the, the smaller events in that flick to me is the one that everyone always talks about is like when he went and spoke before Congress, I'm like, yep. there's so much cool big stuff in this movie that you're like, the Congress thing is almost like an afterthought. Yeah. Just, just the notion we've been talking about that a lot. Now, like, the, like, no, no, I really want to create a neighborhood. And like the, no, I think our modern notion of a neighborhood is disappearing. It's mm-hmm. why we don't let our kids play outside alone because we don't know our neighbors and we don't trust who we live around. But I think that's sort of what he was trying to convey, like make a little ecosystem of people you understood. And when they were mean or had problems, you understood them, too. And I don't just I don't know. I can't think of anybody more angelic than that guy. Yeah. And and actually, I mean, one of the interesting threads in this, they, they don't pull any punches like his first episodes of the show. It started during the Nixon era and it draws parallels with what's going on right now. We're basically right after Martin Luther King being shot. What's an assassination? Whoa. Uh, That that was after Bobby Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy. Yeah. No, but no, no. The the first few episodes opened with the king of town, you know, the king Mm -hmm. of uh, imagination. King Friday. (laughs) King Friday. The king of the, you know, King Friday. King Friday the 13th. Thank you. He closes the borders. He's trying to build a wall around his borders. I'm not making this up. Those are the first few episodes of Mr. Rogers are about that. And you go, huh, so I guess we've been here before. Um, Well, that's that's the only thing that mars the documentary to me, and I wish they hadn't done it, is it is this perfect profile of this angelic human being, the likes of which I hope we see again. But then they have to acknowledge the era we live in now. And of course they show, like at the very end, they show Fox News with, What? Everybody's special? You think I love you for no reason? Is that crazy, Steve Ducey? Like, it's it's the fucking worst. And they have to acknowledge how... Steve Ducey's not special. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, then, you know what they say, though, is, is everyone starts to speculate, like, what would Fred Rogers have done? Would he have stood up to all of this bullshit that's going on right now? And then what's great is the director of, of the Fred Rogers Institute, he basically says, it doesn't matter what he would have done. What, what matters is what you will do. Yep. It's you know, a, and he kind of turns it back on you. And, and that was what Mr. Rogers was always about. He's like, yes. I'm going to turn it back on you. This is about you. Um, and then he goes, he goes on to define like all it takes to be special. You don't have to do anything extraordinary. You're, you're just, you're worth loving. And that's what the whole episode, like you walk mm. away feeling like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm worthy. Of being yeah, other than anymore. minding the gap. It was my favorite documentary of the year, uh, which I talked about in the previous segment. So I can't regale <laughs> you, you folks, my thoughts on that doc, but it's on Hulu. Check it out. Uh, it's, 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 He's one of those, he's a very, seems like a very saintly person. And it's one of those things where it's like, I live in fear of the day that like, oh, well, no, here's an allegation that came out. Like, no, no, I don't want to hear it. It's like, that's how I used to feel about Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. And now, now how do you feel about Bill Cosby? It's not like that. You know, they, they start to address a little bit. So there was one of the leads on the show who played, I think, the cop. Yep. He was homosexual. 
and he had to have like a fake marriage. And, he, and they talk a little oh, bit about geez. like where Mr. Rogers, like he went to a gay bar in, in Pittsburgh and, and he's like, and he got caught. You can't, you can't go back there again, you know? And so he had those moments where he's like, he's, but, but he, the guy got it. He goes, you know, yeah, I mean, I would have torn down a lot of what we're building, but then he said, no, like this guy was radical. Like he was doing radical things. Like they had a skit where he put his feet in a pool with a black mm -hmm. man in yeah. the sixties, which was like a huge deal. It was, like, it was right um, after a guy in like Alabama was pouring acid in a pool once yes. they integrated yes. pools and, and they address like a lot of the rumors like, Oh, Mr. Rogers has to be gay. And it's like, no. He, and the guy said that he goes, look, I worked with him for like 30 years. I'm gay. I think I would have picked up on it. <laughs> he goes, uh, no, no dude, I've, I've done, I've, I've looked into him extensively. Like there's nothing coming out about that guy. No. And, and, and so much of what he did was like filmed and with his children and family present. So like people would know. Uh, but what else, what else you got, man? We have to move on. I mean, the other documentary I want to transition that was my other favorite documentary was the Andre, the giant documentary. It's really good. That was good. Really yeah. good. And so that's another like larger than life guy. And the thing I loved about the documentary is it really got to show you like who he was as a human being and show you like, it showed you like him growing up and, and you know, the stuff mm -hmm. that you rarely, like if you're a wrestling fan like me, like, yes, I've seen those pictures, mm -hmm. but most people had never seen, but then it really kind of revealed like, I'm not going to say. I mean, he had a disease that made him that large, yeah. but then it kind of even hints like he was okay with that because he knew that that's what was making him so huge and, and kind of this attraction. And so you saw this. I wouldn't this, be unique without this. I don't want the operation. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's that's in it's in the film. But um, no, I, I just loved it because it was this very personal look at like this. He is like the gentle giant. Like when you think of a gentle giant, that was Andre. You and, know? And, and, and so, it, you know, it was a perfect like kind of view and glimpse into a truly like larger than life, a larger than life guy, a, a, a man who was flawed, but a very sweet human being. And, yeah. and, and, and if you like wrestling shit, like, um, WWE, we talked about that, Diana, when I was talking about wrestling with shadows, that WWE hasn't really opened themselves up to outside documentaries in a long time. They make their own somewhat skewed documentaries about their own wrestling stars. And this, yeah. this and some ESPN stuff was like the only time they invited a third party company to come in and interview everybody to give honest answers. And you see fucking Vince McMahon cry over the notion yeah. of yeah. Andre the Giant. It still felt, I mean, I could feel that there was a little bit of spin going on, but it, it still felt, it felt more real than, you know, like just a flashy piece, you know, of WWE propaganda. I mean, the, yeah, yeah they, they glossed over some of the, I mean, there's notorious like party animal stories about Andre because oh, he was yeah. so huge and what he could drink. And they, they touched on that stuff. Mm -hmm. But then they also made sure to show like, he bought like this farm out in this small town in the middle of nowhere. Cause all he really wanted was to not be a spectacle and to yeah. sort of be left alone. That, that was like... the one thing that really struck me. It's like, how did I never think of this before? That the idea that it's like a lot of celebrities, you're always on whenever mm -hmm. you're out. You're... But he's so conspicuous. You can't hide. Yeah, you can't hide. You can never yeah. just be, hi, I'm Andre. I'm a guy. I just want to go pick up my laundry mm -hmm. and run some errands. I like, mean, one of the notorious stories about him, it was in an airplane flight, I think, on the way to Japan. He was so big he couldn't use the airplane bathroom. Did yeah. they say that in the doc? I, I couldn't remember. On a plane, like <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I heard that. Like they just pull a curtain around him because he can't use the la the lavatory. Um, did they did they have the story in that uh, documentary of, that Arnold Schwarzenegger told about him? That uh, I think maybe, that, or maybe I'm just remembering you telling me. Yeah, that, that Arnold Schwarzenegger had a story about that they were out to dinner and that they were arguing over who was going to pay. Yes. And Schwarzenegger yeah. was insisting that he was going to pay, and Andre yeah. just like picks him picks up. him up. Yes, that picks is the up doc. Arnold I mean, fucking Schwarzenegger. That's what's wild <laughs> yeah. about the guy is like he was truly a giant, mm -hmm. you know, in that like his muscles just 
he you could tell like yeah i don't know how much he lifted weights or anything but just being that big he was like three or four times stronger than all those bodybuilder guys you know <laughs> yeah. and so they yeah. would say like that that's the thing like he was a gentle giant because he could have crushed us easily at any time just on accident oh, i do i do and yet, at the same time when they're filming princess bride his back is so messed up he can't even hold up robin wright yeah and right. he's like 100 pounds Yep. Yep. And that th- th- I do love that aspect. It's told in a bunch of stories, but like if he didn't like you, he was so powerful by that. I mean, uh, professionally that he would really hurt people in the ring if he did not like you Ooh. or, or yeah. just, him just not yeah, complying or not, not helping sell your moves could hurt you. I think they did. That's the part they might've brushed over a little bit is he was sort of known as the judge of the locker room. And yeah. like he, he would regulate like uh, undertaker became known for this later in his career. Like he was the guy that was like, Hey, you're in good with the locker room or not. And they didn't talk about so much of those stories because, but yeah, it was, it was painted more in like the gentle giant light, everything there. But yeah, I mean, so I keep yeah. seeing that Hulk Hogan clip. He's like, Oh, he hated Randy Savage. No baby oil. No yeah. baby oil. <laughs> <laughs> which, which you get. Cause that's like a safety thing. Like, no, yeah. you're going to slip out of my hands, dude. Yeah. So he just, he just beat the shit out of Randy Savage. Oh, that was a good doc. And then my last thing I like is something I know you like a lot, Chris, is it was Who is America? Sasha Baron Cohen's thing. I I just read a piece. uh, He uh, he didn't remember. He didn't do any publicity for that show. He he even pointed out that like Sarah Palin leaking that it existed was the only reason we knew it was coming. It was supposed to launch. Is like head of marketing or something. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't even want people to know it launched, so he's done like two or three interviews about it. And there's a big one on Deadline that I, I recommend people read because it's it's it is fascinating. And, and the biggest takeaway for me is like he's like, look, I've I've done this before. I've gone around America in character and drawn the worst out of people. I wanted to do this because I thought things were worse, and I it is absolutely confirmed for me that attitudes are worse now than they were before. There are certain things people are comfortable. Fired. There's certain things people are comfortable saying because the president is saying things like it. And well, see, I have to, I come from Texas and last year I was exiled on this ranch in the middle of nowhere in South Texas. And, you know, when everything was bad and stuff, especially people in the cities and, to, you know, I was, I was always like, you don't know what it's like down here. You know, people yeah. think that I'm like mm-hmm. a exper- you know, exaggerating or something. No, it's, it's really fucking crazy. And uh, you know, it was shows like that that needed to drag that out into the open. Cause that's the way they really talk. Well, I mean, I, 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 I think that a red part of California and it's yeah. like that, dude. Yeah. like, like literally uh, he was filming, he was trying to film a, a piece for, I think this show. And he got caught in the city that was like right next to the city I grew up in, you know, oh, where wow. he got caught. He was trying to play a character in a gun store, going into a gun store and talking. And it was one of the times where he got caught in like, literally they said they had this guy just ran away because they kind of knew who he was he's under stuff. pounds of obvious makeup it's it's yes. it's crazy yeah. that he got oh, away dude, with the israeli this. guy from from this season like oh it's like you don't look like a human being anymore <laughs> yeah, he, he, he talks about that because like max he headroom with an accent yes, yes he does he has that max headroom sheen <laughs> he, he's, he says when when interviewing dick cheney like dick cheney is a is an evil bastard but smart enough to know when he's being fucked with so he's like, but the interview starts and he's like, ah, before I do my interview, I want to know who's interviewing me. So he's like, fuck. So he not only built himself a backstory, he hired an Israeli soldier to steal his story from him <laughs> and talk to Dick Cheney for about 30 minutes about his upbringing before Dick Cheney would talk to him and eventually signed his wa- sign his waterboarding jug. <laughs> that, and that's the character that got people fired. They got that at least one. Congressman well, that's that's what he was talking about, because that was that's this horseshit strongman dude. 
who proposes like big strength and killing foes and enemies and fucking all this horrendous horseshit. So he became like my favorite character, even though I hate him to my core. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and that, but I think the only bummer about the show, and I said, I, we said this kind of stuff on bonus time, patreon.com slash laser time, while it was happening, is that the show I love, Ali G, I love Borat, I love Bruno. The format didn't work as well in a world without shame. Because one guy resigned, but everybody else is like, yeah, so what? Yeah, I said yeah. that. Kindergartners should yeah, have guns. Going to make something it's of true. it? Yeah. Yeah. So what? Uh, like that, that was such a bummer, but he said that's essentially why he wanted to do it, because he thought there's a bunch of crazy shit being said right now. But it's it's you're right. I think it's, it's must-watch 2018 television, if you haven't seen it. It's only seven episodes, and it ends in the best failed prank of all time. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, I know going. Trying to, con- he had convinced O.J. Simpson that a sheik wanted to pay him four million dollars to confess to murder while he fucks a hooker. Oh my so, god! Oh my god. So he plays the Italian liaison. He's like, so here's what you're gonna do, and he tries, it, like he tries for, I think he said like three hours trying to get O.J. Simpson to confess to murder on camera, and he gets pretty close. Makes a lot of jokes about O.J. Makes a lot of jokes about murder. Comes just shy of confessing. Oh my god! Yeah. Or he laughs. He laughs along. To he he laughs stories. along with the idea of murdering his wife and Ron. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the character that looks like the Italian Ted Danson. Like <laughs> just like the one in previous sketches uh, went to a yacht builder to see if he'd build a yacht for a an an Arab lord with uh, slave quarters. <laughs> We can do that. Yeah. We can totally do that. Asking for things like, uh, how many people can you fit on this thing? And to the point where it's like, this is clearly like a like a human trafficking boat. <laughs> and this is wild, by the way. He's fake getting a blowjob from his girlfriend yeah. in front of the guy, and the guy doesn't say anything to him. It, 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 like Chris said, it's like people have zero shame. Zero shame. Mm-hmm. Zero shame. And almost no one apologized. One guy resigned because he yelled the N word at the top of his lungs. I believe we have that clip. Because of who you are, you could be the victim of kidnapping by ISIS. You have two seconds to attract attention. How do you attract attention? Ready to start screaming? Take your clothes off? In America, there is one forbidden word. It is the N-word. Now, I am going to be the terrorist. You have three seconds to attract attention. Go! Nigger! 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 Are you crazy? The N-word is noony. Not this world. This world is disgusting. Uh, yeah, sorry you had to hear that, but um, hey, so you elected a guy who said it, Georgia, so um, <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, what, Leif, what do you got, buddy? What's your favorite stuff of the year? You know, I'm going to go in a weird direction. I'm going to go with books. I was All trying right. to think of something that really did it. Um, there is a book called Less by Andrew, uh, Andrew Sean Greer. It actually won the Pulitzer Prize. But uh, it's basically about a writer um, who's, you know, the guy that he thought that he was going to spend the rest of his life is he's actually running off and marrying some other guy. And, uh, but they, uh, you know, he's, so he's going, so in order to avoid this, because he's still friends with him, so he doesn't have to go to a wedding. He's a writer. He decides to go book all these stupid, uh, appointments around the world and stuff. So it's his 50th birthday is coming up and, uh, it's, it's a really, you know, it's a really good look at that point in your life. It's a really good look at being a writer. And, uh, this is probably a bit of a spoiler, but it has more of a happy ending than I felt like it should have. And mm-hmm. uh, but I have to admit, the happy ending had me in tears and stuff. But You're so, uh, you sound like I, you you sound like you think you don't deserve happiness. 
Yes. <laughs> uh, is there something book critics would call Updike esque? <laughs> you know, I never, you know, I, I, I've never actually read anything but um, by Updike. Well, you know, all the rabbits and all that. Yeah. Stuff. But uh, if it's about middle aged people and feeling bad about themselves. Well, yeah. you know, that was the joke. <laughs> it, it wasn't really in that direction. Stop reading my there, diary. There is even a line in there where he talks about, because that was one of the books he was writing that nobody wants to read, you know, gay or not. Nobody wants to read a book about a, a white guy who's sad walking around San Francisco. <laughs> 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 i don't need to i lived it that was yeah. but uh but yeah that, it, there there's all these kind of because he comes across this guy who you know they broke up their marriage because they had been happily married for 20 years and they wanted to end it on success and so they split up and so and he was okay. like what the hell <laughs> yeah and so uh, uh but you know it, it has all these kind of things but it is exquisitely written i thought it was very beautiful and when i was listening to you guys talk about your wonderful things of the year that was what came to me that's as, awesome uh, from beginning to end it's an and, excellent book and this is a price. book this is a book yes. oh wow where's sarah when you need her <laughs> i didn't know they still made those and it, it won a pulwitzer i hear yes. okay okay yeah, so it is yeah so a pulitzer if you prefer but it is you know they prefer that it is pronounced pulitzer dumb it so down for me dog what show what, man was going after yes. <laughs> what tv programs you like what what film movies give me a film movie uh, okay, off the top of my head, trying to think. Uh, a Quiet Place was the first thing that came to yeah, my mind. Yeah, that was one of ours as well. That was this year? Yeah. yeah I, th- early. I saw it in San Francisco, so it had to be this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw and, it in a theater with vibrating seats. That Oh, my God. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Like not- I, I remember because, you know, people had their popcorn. And I was eating it at the Draft House, you know, at, uh, the Alamo oh, Draft fancy, House. Huh? So they already, you know, want you to be quiet in there. So, you know, but everyone, when it, you know, they had a super quiet moments and you were trying to eat your popcorn. And it was like, and you're just holding it in your mouth and everybody else was too. <laughs> That's awesome. So, that was great. That's awesome. Ready Player One in a, a movie theater that had vibrating seats. Not only vibrating seats, but like roller coaster style moving seats. And like the D box, yeah, baby. Like the kind of movie that people who would like that would come see. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much, yeah, the perfect. Uh, the, one of the biggest disappointments of the year to me was the Meg. Because I all I wanted was a big dumb shark movie. I'm like, no, that's too dumb. And, no. and but I watched it in a movie with the moving seats. So anytime they're in like a submersible, like this is amazing. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just floating. This feels great. Every time Peter Griffin says, "Hey Meg," <laughs> I'm gonna ah, hate Meg. myself if I don't say it. So I got to say it. It's stereotypical, but. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is the best movie of the year. Yeah, it is Dude, I'm with a you. perfect match of comic book artistry and cinematography. And it is probably one of the best, if not the best superhero movies that has ever been made. And I'm going to say that. And it's not exaggeration just because I just saw it like a week ago. But, uh, uh, yes, <laughs> honey. Uh, really amazing. Sorry, Leif, you just dropped your mic there. Here you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honey, I, yes. I know it's, it's fresh on my mind, but that is my movie of the year. I, I do not cry in real life and i cry only at movies but i cry at good things as well as sad things and i was just mostly in tears the whole time seeing the perfect spider-man movie god it's got something for everyone it's got a middle-aged overweight heartbroken tired spider-man and that is my patronus show (laughs) (laughs) i mean i know we're not supposed to talk about video games on this episode but like it was the year of spider-man yeah it's an amazing movie and like and he has the most important like one of the most memorable moments in infinity war and he has the best game one of the best games of the year in my opinion and the point where somebody somebody uh pushed around a tweet that was like 
so, some headline that was like Spider-Man to star in comic series. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but it's but remember remember we were all we all knew each other. We were all hanging out when Spider-Man was getting bad movies and bad games and his comics weren't no his comics are pretty good. That was all the Dan Slott era. But uh but yeah, like this year totally flipped it around like oh yeah, a reminder of why this is Marvel's leading superhero. It's not Iron Man, it's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and if Stan's gonna go out in any year, let yes. it be this year. That was Spider-Man. fucking heartbreaking. In memory of like, I didn't realize we lost Ditko and Stan Lee in like yes. the same year. Poor Ditko was barely off. Of the, yeah, nobody yeah. really paid attention. Well, it was just earlier in the year. I I remember it happening. I just like it. Just I never occurred to me that like, fuck, we get all this great Spider-Man stuff in the year the creators pass away. They didn't live to see how beautiful this all turned out. And um, great Stan Lee cameo. I love that movie so much for the same reasons I said I like the game, that it trusted, the movie trusted the audience to not need an origin story or that much understanding of where these characters came from. This is just going to be fun. You don't need to know who Spider-Ham is or, or Spider-Gwen. You're going to dig it. We're going to introduce him. We're going to have a good time. And but it was as someone who read uh, Peter Porker, the spectacular <laughs> Spider-Ham when I was a kid. Uh, that, that It's great to see that character. come back. I, I think yeah. you can do that now. You couldn't do that before. Like, you know, yeah. I think like, I think you could have done that for years. But but I'm saying like the spider, the amazing Spider-Man series as of like, when was that? Like 2013, 2014 didn't trust you enough yeah, to, yeah. to allow like it's a comic character. You know who he is. You know what he does. Let's play around. And this this movie immediately does that. It looks like nothing else. The music is amazing. I have not enjoyed myself in the theater more in 2018 than with Spider Into the Spider Verse. Seriously, and having John Mulaney as Spider Man was just perfect. Touch. It can yeah. get weirder. <laughs> I mean, let's not forget you got Nick Cage in that movie. Yeah, he was so good. He was so. I didn't even notice Liev Shriver as a Kingpin, but like Kingpin is. A very underrated Spider-Man villain. He gets thrown in with a lot of Daredevil stuff, but like uh, this is sort of taking a cue from the Ultimate Universe, and like I think that's the most compelling villain in the Ultimate comics. And uh, Miles Morales is, I think, I ne- I already enjoyed the Ultimate Spider-Man comic line. I never enjoyed it more than with Miles Morales. And I, again, this this is all us being more smarter smarter fans. I didn't know why I liked Spider-Man so much back in the day just by reading comics. I got into Fantastic Four and I immediately fell in love with Spider-Man. And it's just that like, oh, he's closer to my age. But Spider-Man was never, and he was never in high school when I was reading. He was in college at best. Uh, Miles Morales is a kid. And I went to go see it with my friend's kids and like, dude, this is fucking rad. A, yes. a separate Spider-Man that's fucking amazing that these kids can imprint themselves on. And that works amazingly. Even infinity war DH Spider-Man. That that movie is so, so, so fucking good. And like, it just doesn't really give a fuck about catching you up with anything. And it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying, uh, when we were off mic, actually that I got a, a surprising recommendation for that from, uh, lady who works in my office who's kind of like every PTA mom <laughs> but she was talking about oh I saw the Spider-Man movie it was the best movie yes. my daughter kept like hitting me with her elbow being like that's from there that's from there and I'm like I underestimated you PTA mom <laughs> I'm sorry you're fucking cool and so's your kid it's so dense and so rewarding they they released the the fake Christmas album with Chris Pine actually singing Christmas songs from the movie I have I never in my life thought I would see the spider buggy on the big screen 
And th- there it was. There it was. The, my one of my favorite toys as a child. Um, I cannot say enough great things about that movie. I wish I was classier and saw something better. But like my favorite movies are for real. Minding the Gap and Into the Spider Verse. Nice. Yes. nice. I think mine might be uh, th- removed from superhero movies entirely. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry to bother you. Yes. Oh yes. And that's I. I told Sam and Sarah they can't talk because that's the only movie I saw like more than once in theaters. I think. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, I just well dates, but um, uh, <laughs> failed dates, but also oh, that no. that I was dying to hear what you guys thought as Bay Area people because I I, I never I, I don't know I maybe it just because I just most l- Oakland movie yeah, yeah. It's the most ever Oakland made. movie ever made yes. yes it can only be more Oakland if like Marshawn Lynch made it. Really <laughs> yeah I, I, I just I don't but I did like how you know it's you know you saw the trailers and you you, you got kind of what the satire they were going for but when you get in a theater oh my mm. God it goes in an entirely mm. new right. direction it's all that, fucking with you thing. but that's but, the thing but, that I, I love about it hmm. is that it keeps it starts with a simple satirical premise yeah. and then it goes to the next logical step yes. and if you get to that step then you have to go to this next logical step yeah. and it builds and it builds and it builds until you're into you know literal human slavery and horse cocks on screen yeah <laughs> but I, I had to ask my my <laughs> i didn't explain why the horse cocks were there i had to ask my non non-bay area friends like <laughs> my boy terry cruz like i mean it features he might be like my favorite actor right now and i don't know why because he's I, because he was President Camacho. Yeah. But I, I do you really, have the Terry Crews clip I sent you? Yeah, I do. But I really had to ask my non-Bay Area friends what they thought of the movie because I thought it was like crazy specific about the idea of Silicon Valley taking over all the work in the Well, these the are things area. that take, you know... I mean, it's not, you know, it's Silicon Valley in our lives and everything. I think it's 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 uh, relevant beyond the It's Bay true, area. but we don't we don't have a Facebook that, like Florida doesn't have an Amazon or a Facebook like looming over it like like the Bay Area does. Especially when that it, like it's like that's giving you this opportunity that's like, well, it's this or nothing, like literally nothing as mm-hmm. as small business disappears around the Bay Area. So like I I don't know, like I thought it, I, I I was I had so many fun conversations uh with my friends from Florida and other places about what they thought about this film because it it, it, it brought you in with this something they thought was silly, the idea of a guy rising through telemarketing by uh, bring, uh, a, a black gentleman by using David Cross's voice. <laughs> um, and then and then goes to like incredible extremes. And it's like, I want to see more movies like this tomorrow all yes. the time. Yeah. I sure. can literally only think of one like in the last uh, 50 years. Putney okay. Swope. Is it the one Swope? I'm thinking Putney of? Swope. Putney yeah. Swope. Oh, see, I, I was thinking like being John Malkovich in terms of like the weird, the level of weird okay. and layers of weird and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's just I'm the, 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 you there. Yeah, building on the weird. Yeah. yeah. I do think this movie is enjoyable if you want something weird and, and cohesive, but like there is a fucking angry point behind it as there was in Putney Swope. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen an anti-capitalist polemic that was there this you go. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. There you go. Maybe Some... the donkey and graveyard keeper. Let's yeah, be yeah, yeah. Right. And and it has shout out to the last dragon. So yeah. Whoa, really? Yeah. Show enough. Well, well, we... no, there's there's part of an art, artistic piece yeah. where uh, she mm-hmm. <clears throat> she uh, repeats a line from the last dragon over and over while people throw old cell phones and blood at her. <laughs> it's funnier master. than it sounds. Um, Michael, you were mentioning you have a Terry Crews clip. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Terry Crews is uh, is the main character, uh, Cassius's landlord, and Ugh. they have uh, this wonderful exchange near the beginning of the movie when you see Cassius's shitty life 
where he lives in a, a garage and uh, nothing seems to work for him. And it's worth the gate just to see Terry Crews with hair. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. It's so strange. God made this land for all of us. Greedy people like you want to hog it to yourself and your family. And- Me and my family? Yeah. Cassius, I'm your fucking uncle. <laughs> it's it's so great how many um, awesome people um, Boots Riley got to appear in this film ever so briefly. Yeah, For, yeah. I don't want to ruin who Forrest Whitaker is. Don't look it up. Just see it and enjoy it. <laughs> He's Ghost Dog. Just just enjoy it. I didn't even realize that was Army Hammer the first time I yeah. saw it. Oh, man. Dude, that, I, I don't know. I, I applaud him for like recognizing, like, I have to do this. This is so fun. <laughs> Real quick uh, shout out for Oakland too. It was also featured in Black Panther. Like this yeah. could be the only year yes. where Oakland's in multiple movies. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, I I heard from many different people who saw Black Panther different different let's say urban environments mm-hmm. around the country, and that there was always a big scream for Oakland. Yes, my friend, <laughs> my friend uh, Achuka is is he comes from Ethiopia, but he's mm-hmm. been in America for for a long time, and he went to see a screening in Oakland, and he's like, "This is the yes. way to see oh, this movie." Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Black Star Wars. It was it was, no, it was Black Star Wars. You saw people putting on their church clothes to go see Black Panther. It has to exist, right? On the Laser Time Black Exploitation episode, there has to be a Black Star uh, there's, Wars. Shit, there's Turkish Star Wars. There must be Black Star Wars. There's gotta I mean, be. Oh, no, Shaft in Africa. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Shaftrica? Uh-huh. I was going to say Ice Pirates. That has like a black hair. Yeah, that's probably the one, Michael. Uh, but you have a, you, I love that you have a clip of the white voice. I do want people to hear that because it's very funny. Please. You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. My white voice. Like this young blood. Hey, Mr. Kramer. This is Langston from Regal View. So, like, the movie managed to squeeze in, a, like, vocal appearances by Patton Oswalt and David Cross as black men <laughs> hiding their identity from the telemarketing world. Danny Glover. Uh, uh, Steve Buscemi. Steve, and Steve Buscemi, yeah. yeah. In the same scene. Is that Steve? I, I, checked, I, I couldn't verify whether that was Steve Buscemi or not. It sounds like him. It does yeah, sound I like him. I in the credits. He's in there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, all white guys sound the same to me. So. Ah, look at him. <laughs> Trying to get fired right in, the, <laughs> right in the first of the year. But sorry to bother you. I cannot recommend that movie enough. And I, I feel like we're, we're not mentioning Black Panther, which I did love, but not as much as Sorry to Bother You. Just I really enjoyed it. Uh, there's no, but you know, it was like to me a popcorn movie. Yeah. It's, it's totally not that it's, 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 it's it. that it's a popcorn movie, but it's like when you're just watching Marvel movies, like episodes, like yeah. it was an awesome introduction to Wakanda that led to this awesome infinity war thing. And, mm-hmm. and obviously I'm a white dude, so I'm not feeling it as hard as yeah. other people. Yeah. I feel like black Panther is a good direction. They should keep going in that it. It's not, I don't feel like it is a popcorn movie. You could watch it as just a popcorn movie, but there's actually a lot of political content. Yeah. Like I read an article from like a museum curators magazine that got passed around talking specifically about the scene where Killmonger goes to a museum and starts talking about oh, how yeah. things are mislabeled and uh, you know, that security guard's watching me, but he's not watching those white ladies over there and talking about like this movie's actually bringing up real shit that academics oh, yeah. need to That's talk actually about. going on That's right now. That's in the news right now that France won't give up its stolen African artifacts. That's right. That's right. Yep. right yeah. now. Because in their excuse, they were like, oh, we we don't trust giving we, them back to you. They like, won't take as good a care of them as we do. We like them more. Fair. Like, oh, my to goodness. Sure, France only recently gave up its stolen African countries. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shouldn't have laughed that hard at that. I'm gonna. It's going to come oh, off bad. Wow. Uh, but it, I, one of my favorite jokes is just calling Martin Freeman... Co- <laughs> fucking white conqueror <laughs> like in, the, in, the, in black panther uh, but michael what else did you dig because you have a bunch in here 
Oh man. Uh, well, I uh, to get let's clear the anime out of the way. I dug uh, Devilman Crybaby. Oh, let's hear that theme song. That is a weird theme song. That's also not like the actual Devilman theme song. It's just I, I and and I had a hard time finding it. I think it might like only be on Netflix's version of the show mm. but like Devilman Crybaby is it's like a total departure from what you would expect from an anime uh in in mostly in the art style that it has kind of this very fluid organic almost crude style that at times just kind of slides back into like traditional ultra stylized anime and uh it but at the same time like having never uh, been familiar with any of the previous versions of Devil, Devil Man, I was not prepared for the directions this story took or how dark it got. That, like, I mean, mild spoilers. Well, uh, to get a little bit spoilery, like, yeah, most of the characters fucking eat it in brutal ways <laughs> that are completely. Uh, they they just kind of come out of nowhere a lot of the time, and uh, that's consistent with the original like 1960s series. Everything that happens is pretty consistent. And in fact, the the series kind of has as its theme, like this has happened before. This will happen again. This is a cyclical story. I promise and, uh, you, I'm always on a mission to watch more anime. And I, I got a little high to uh, watch this this show. And then like 40 seconds in, like I am way too hot. Whatever this is, <laughs> I cannot do this. No, no, that's just anime, dude. Yeah. That's just anime. Well, no, no, this like, is this is crazier. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. Like just a ridiculous shit happens out of nowhere. Uh, there's this whole thing about like, yeah, there's a lot of people who just like fuse with demons and and can hulk out and become demons at any time. Persona, uh, not quite. Uh, with with more people being stomped flat on like a high school track meet field. Um, I see. Yeah, okay. but uh, yeah, it's Attack it's, on Titan. It's also Stop like this it. is you know two animes we. <laughs> I know these are the only animes I know. I'm running out of anime. I know. Agretsuko. Oh, Agretsuko was another great one this year. That was an anime that I watched and I didn't throw up or scream. Although they scream a lot in that. Maybe they were doing it for me. Best moment of 2018. There's a Christmas special I need to watch too. Yeah, I just tilted my head, put my hand behind it, and laughed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, double- I'm eating ramen. You can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to remember what I was going to say about Devil Man Cry. But oh yeah, it's extremely horny, and like especially <laughs> the first few episodes were very much about like so this teenager getting this demon body is really an allegory for uh, the changes that happen around puberty and coming to grips with all these new feelings and urges and all these other things that they show you in health class, but. Uh, in a much more uh, dark, violent way. Yeah, I mean, I went yes. to a Christian school, so yeah, demons going into my body during health class yeah. was pretty much the curriculum yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time. There you go. <laughs> but but at the same time, it's like, yeah, all this ridiculous shit is happening, but it's also presented a lot of the time in a really goofy way. So like, you know, he, he has this demon body and like shows up to his track meet and everybody's like, oh, what happened to him? Did he grow like three feet taller over the last few days? Yeah, I guess so. I guess we'll just accept it. And then he like does this <laughs> insane like uh, head thrust forward run and like just outpaces everyone else. And it's it's just bizarre. In a watch. world with giant robots, uh-huh. is growing three feet taller uh-huh. really that big a deal? <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Netflix, Michael. Yeah. Um, mm. What was the other one? Bojack. Uh, 
Oh yes, of course. Uh, more more down to earth animation, if you can call it that. I feel like God, every year I, I, should just wait. have an asterisk. Did, if Bojack Bojack was the best thing, even if there wasn't a new season. Did you just yeah. call the show with the talking horse down to earth animation? <laughs> I know. Well, because it's not like people being torn apart and exploded constantly. <laughs> Con- not constantly. Yeah. I was dating someone that says she couldn't get through it because she didn't like that style of animation. It looked cheap. So it's not yeah. cheap. No. Yes, exactly. Was I know. dating. Yes. Why exactly. Pay for, exactly. Why pay for movement when it's not needed? Right. They're just talking. I will say I could not. I couldn't. I have yet to finish the last episode because it was just like cringe. Uh, I just did you? But did you make it through the eulogy episode? Oh yeah. Oh because yeah. That was that, that was, was the, the best episode yes. of anything yeah. this year. That was yeah, so. We have, it's called free second churro. only to yes. all of the, the all of the Janets, which was just on uh, Good Place. That's <laughs> yeah. number two. Oh yeah. It, yes. All of the Janets was about. And, well, Bojack every season does this one weird, not a bottle episode, but like I think last year it was. There was an episode that took place entirely underwater. <laughs> oh yeah, that was I think that was great. the season before. Yeah, yeah but this season there's a last yeah. last year's was Times Arrow, which was a oh, devastating yes. episode to watch. Like you just just watch that and everything. You, you you have to have the context of everything leading up to that moment, but then you watch it and it's just like yes. my jaw was hanging open during that whole episode. And I I don't know if they topped it with Free Churro, but like this was something that just just left leaves you flabbergasted and sort of drained, but also uh, relieved in yeah. a way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort I've, of like the the Greek approach to tragedy, where it's, it's like, yes, this will devastate you, but it will also make you feel better about your own life. It's cathartic. 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 Yeah. Thank, thank you. you, thank you. Yes, and, and, well, just because like only there was a word in English <laughs> to describe. So <laughs> yes. This 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 was one of my favorite shows the second it premiered and. And because like the first episode or two, like I just thought this was some cornball adult swim show with random shit. And it sort of is in the beginning. And then it becomes this weird meditation on depression and like helplessness. And it's um, the most real show on program. But it's oh, yeah. still yes. fucking funny. Yeah. yeah. Still fucking and, funny. and the episode free churro, is that the, the one where, is that the one where he, stop kitty, where, uh, where he gives the eulogy for his mother. Yeah. That's the yeah. whole show. That's it's the whole show. It's one, it, and it's astonishing. Which clip do you want me to play, Except Michael? A little bit at the beginning before the credits, where but it's him and his dad. You can yeah. play the shorter one first, which establishes why it's called Free Churro. My mom died, and all I got was this free churro. Yeah. <laughs> because, because he's standing in line at a Jack in the Box, and he he just tells the cashier like, "Oh, my mom died," and he's like, "Oh, you want a free churro?" It's funny hearing that voice. You know, divorce of the show. All I can hear is like, "I'm an illusionist." Illusion, Michael. <laughs> Michael, Michael, please. I'm also Batman. <laughs> should, they- should, 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 should I play another clip, Michael? Michael, yes, please. <laughs> like it's like that show Becker. You know, with Ted Danson. I watched the entire run of that show, hoping that it would get better, and it never did. It had all the right pieces, but it just it couldn't put them together. And when it got canceled, I was really bummed out. Not because I liked the show, but because I knew it could be so much better, and now it never would be. And that's what losing a parent is like. It's like Becker. <laughs> Suddenly you realize you'll never have the good relationship you wanted, and as long as they were alive, even though you'd never admit it, part of you, the stupidest goddamn part of you, was still holding on to that chance. And he didn't even realize it until that chance went away. My mother is dead, and everything is worse now. 
Because now I know I will never have a mother who looks at me from across the room and says, Bojack Horseman, I see you. See, I, don't, I don't think if you look at Bojack Horseman, you think this would be the content of the show. No, yes. no, you never would. Why is like, the best writing on TV a show with a talking horse? Like, honestly, <laughs> I keep seeing promos because it also is a benchmark because it's uh, I think the first Netflix show that was syndicated for cable, and Comedy yeah, Central started yeah, airing it after after South Park, and they're running all these promos. You got to check out BoJack Horseman. BoJack yeah. is hilarious. I'm like I think you're selling this show wrong. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. I, I think this is gonna be weird for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I was but, expecting a bunch of fart jokes, yeah. but it's a horse being sad. Yeah. What the hell? This ain't Brickleberry. <laughs> a horse being sad. <laughs> a horse nearly molesting a child. Not for jokes. It's just a thing. Yeah. Like, oh, it, it's it, and like I want to give a big shout out to Netflix animation, and not in terms of craft, but in terms of humor, because like, we talked about Big Mouth in the previous. Uh, segment because that's definitely one of my favorite shows of the year. But like I'm, I'm almost done with Epis for Family, and if you have not seen that, it is the new R-rated King of the Hill. It is fucking wonderful. I still have that awful uh, stadium restroom scene stuck in my head every time I think of that. <laughs> we did. We like, all peed in the troughs and touched yeah, dicks. But wa- walk in and immediately because he's a kid, he's like all these fucking dicks and balls at eye level. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love I love Bill Burr talking about that. He's like, we keep getting these weird fucking notes from Netflix. Like, show more cocks and do something more Netflixy. <laughs> so like, you watch the first season of that show, and it's like it's you know they curse a little bit, and it's fine. And then there's just like this scene of the kid seeing his parents fuck from under the bed, and it just <laughs> balls right. slapping an ass. Uh, it's like it's the most horrific thing I've seen in animation. Uh, <laughs> Imagine having to animate that. Yeah. But, oh but it's 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 a '70s Republican. But it's like Hank Hill. He he does want to do the right thing and be a good person, uh, and he's 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 very flexible on his beliefs. And I don't know. I really really dig Epis for Family. But I but I only want only saying that because like I think I'm part of the problem when it comes to shows. Just because like I didn't love BoJack enough. Because I think like I give a show like four seasons, and I kind of like lose interest. Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. No, I do that. I, yeah. I did that with Community, and I made myself this year go back and rewatch Community because oh, I was well, just like, especially yeah. on their fourth season, man. Like it was like basically like a relaunch of the show in the fifth. I, I don't think I ever saw the um, the final. What, what service was that on? Yahoo. 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 It's on Hulu now. You should watch. It's fucking that, great. That's why I'm going back and watching mm. this Hulu letter. Really killer deal. Yeah, yeah but uh, but I agree. Unless I'm watching a show with somebody, yeah. you know that that kind of keeps me going through the whole season. But if I'm watching it alone, I usually kind of trail off. But BoJack is one that's held me through the whole series. No, I definitely watched it, but I also will admit I played a lot of video games during it. It was very easy to do in the free churro episode. That's um, true. There's yeah. not a lot of on-screen action. It's a, was, it's a podcast at that point. Yeah. Um, but but also the fourth season of one of my favorite shows, like kind of ever. Better mm-hmm. Call Saul. I have I yeah, watched the first yeah. episode and have not caught caught back up. Like I I just I love the way the third season ended with kind of the demise of one of the coolest characters in the show. Yeah. And I I'm just not up to date on season four at all. And I mean, as long as we are talking about devastating monologues, you mm-hmm. can play uh, the one. Um, Probably the longer one. Um, okay. Uh, can you set it up? Uh, yes, this is... I'm, I'm not going to spoil why they're at a funeral. It has to do with what Chris just mentioned. Mm-hmm. But this is in the, the fourth uh, 
or, or the the first episode of the fourth season. Mm. Um, and uh, what's his name? The the uh, boss of the legal firm. I'm blanking on his Me name. Me too. Uh, the guy, old boss. The guy oh. looks like uh, Andrew McCarthy. No. Uh, <laughs> fucking I want to call him guy. Harry Hamlin, but I know that's not no, right. It's, yeah, Hamlin. Hamlin. Yeah. Hamlin right. is right. I forget his first name. Now. Yeah, Hamlin, <laughs> Hamlin McGill. But he's yeah. he's delivering this. He's he's basically just opening himself up to, to Kim and Jimmy uh, at their house afterward. And he's devastated. And Jimmy's reaction is so incredibly callous. I should have just let it go. I mean, God knows he's done enough for me. But he kept pushing, and I, um, I got my back up. What about the insurance? It was a, our malpractice insurance. They found out about Chuck's condition and raised our rates. Chuck went ballistic. He wanted to go to war. I drew a line. He wouldn't back down. So I forced him out. It never occurred to me that I could hurt him. He always seemed so strong. But he wasn't. I think he did what he did because of me. Well, Howard, I guess that's your cross to bear. Whoo! <laughs> the guy's been... Which also leaves out that, no, it was Jimmy that got the insurance mm-hmm. change. So it really is all Jimmy's fault, no matter what, but... He doesn't care. Yeah, he just wants Howard to feel like Howard, an asshole. Yes, I, I didn't realize that the same way Breaking Bad. I think the way, the way Vince Gilligan said it was to turn a school teacher into Scarface, where they made like a really unsympathetic character out of Walter White with Breaking Bad towards the end. Yeah, but they're doing the same thing to Jimmy McGill. Yeah, or Saul. Absolutely. Like he, like you, sort of like. Wait, do I like this guy or not? He is. He is succeeding despite being an incredible piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes you kind of admire the moxie, and a lot of times you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, no. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how good Better Call Saul is that I know some people who like Breaking Bad find it really boring because, yeah, not a lot happens. There isn't a lot of exciting mm-hmm. things going on. It's just these slow, small character moments. It's just watch everyone screw themselves up so bad. Oh, but we got such an exciting character introduced toward the end of the season in Lalo. <gasps> I did not. Oh, let's hear it. Hey, llegaste aquí justo a tiempo. Hold on one second. Wait. You are going to love this. I made this just for you. Nunca en tu vida has probado algo tan delicioso, eh? De verdad. Mira, espérame, espérame. Te vas a morir. So he's uh, that's Lalo speaking to Nacho. Did he, did he just say te vas a morir? Yes, he's he's mm-hmm. say, he's he's preparing in this dish like, oh, I made this just for you. Uh, you've never tasted anything so delicious in your life, and then he comes over and just with a big grin on says, te vas a morir, which means I'm, you're, you're going, going to, to die. die. <laughs> but you know the the insinuation is like it's so delicious you're going to die, but like it's it's telegraphing how much menace this character has like you're going to die he is the nicest drug kingpin (laughs) so friendly and polite so friendly and polite right and tell that's why this show i think is so so bizarre it's like i i consider jimmy mcgill and saul kind of separate and then on the other half of the show is breaking bad origins like where did where did mike and uh oh what's that crazy motherfucker from the first season called name uh but whatever like it's like where did like 
We got a lot of Huel this no, year. No, you're thinking of Tuco. <laughs> Tuco, oh. Tuco and Gus. Like, like yeah. what the fuck? It's almost like two different shows, but they taste really great together. Yeah. Tuco, Tuco and Gus would have been a great 70s show, by the way. <laughs> <Gus>. <laughs> uh, if only Freddie Prinz lived. <laughs> That'd be great. I, I absolutely feel terrible about not having been caught up with this, but... Um, we got to bounce over to Diana for time. Diana, thank you so much for being on yet another show with me this year. Uh, what was some of your favorite shit of 2018? Okay, I got to go to bat for um, hashtag Me Too the movie, uh, which is called The Tale on HBO. It should be shown in goddamn schools. I've never seen a movie deal with the issue of teen consent so well. Really? Because it's about Laura Dern plays a woman who remembers you know back in the day when she was she was young and she just sort of had this affair with this older guy and you know and then she starts to think about it more and we start seeing it in flashbacks and realize that wasn't an affair you were being molested Ooh. right and it's really good because in the flashbacks the older guy is played by jason ritter who is the nicest looking guy he's the harm most harmless looking guy he seems like he's so sweet and cute and whatever he's dipper from gravity falls yeah and you just you you see how like one's own confusion about sex maturity relationships and how maybe he doesn't even think he's exploiting her or maybe he does but you know everything it's it's like all like incrementally gets worse and worse and worse until finally there's a point where like okay I don't know when it started, but this has become abuse. And it's really interesting to see how, like, it's it's not like, oh, well, she liked it at the time, so everything is fine, and it's not a crime, blah, blah, blah. That all rhymed, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Even rhyme rhymed. Yeah, ah! it really did sound like you were saying, like, grass in the field, play ball, or something like that. Yeah, Diana, you should have been more to man. Yeah, but it's not just like, oh, well, in retrospect, she's all mad. So what was her problem? She had fun at the time, right? It's that the whole point of not being able to give consent because you're underage is because you don't know better. You think that you know because you want to be grown up and you have feelings, but you don't know. And it really does that well. Uh, I think everyone's not just... You I suggested this. I never heard of it until you suggested it. Um, I hadn't either. In, in messages the other day. I don't have HBO, but like, uh, it's nice to see, hear someone champion something like that. I, yeah. I remember you talking about it when you were watching it, and I, I didn't really want to watch it, not because like oh, this is for girls, but because it sounded so crushingly depressing. Yeah. It's like, right. I, I don't know that I can. Yeah. It, Me and Michael didn't want to see what we did was wrong. it's it's not no you know it's not just like a a hopeless slog though Mm -hmm. it's it's you you get to care about the characters you get to be interested and understand how did things go from point a to point b to point c what do we do about them now as a grown-up you know is, is there anything you can do um what do we do to prevent that sort of thing from happening or is that just the way it goes, and sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, you know, you end up a better person from a good relationship with an older person, or is that literally impossible because of the power dynamics? Yeah, it's a lot of ground to cover. On a, on a, on a less heavy note, I, I'm I'm pissed I didn't you know, hear. It's not miserable. You're not going to spend the whole time like watching between your fingers. On, on a less heavy note, I'm pissed I didn't hear about it because uh, Laura Dern and HBO 
is kind yeah. of like all I need to get me into something. Because every time she shows up, it's to play like an over makeup Catherine Harris or an enlightened, <laughs> and like it's always it's always awesome every time she's on it. I, I don't know. It's like one of the. I refuse to watch Laura Dern anything since her portrayal as Vice Admiral Holdo in The <laughs> Last Jedi. <laughs> Uh, we're coming up with the anniversary of the greatest Star Wars film made in our lifetime. That's that's I good. I have one more to say to that. Hmm. Pew. <laughs> that was such a great scene. Uh, but Diana, give me some more. I know you had a couple more in there. Um, okay. Well, to keep to keep going with feminist bona fides, I'd feel like a dick if I didn't mention uh, Handmaid's Tale season two. Oh yeah, because Ugh. that's the season. They're past the book. Season one is just the book mm-hmm. and you know with some extra character stuff and some extra backstory stuff in oh, season God. two it's like well where are they gonna go with this it doesn't it doesn't it, it doesn't dexter does it no oh, it doesn't God. but does it game of thrones does it game of thrones is my question yeah now that they're past the books it's, which can mean yes. it gets good or bad depending yeah, that, on your does opinion baylor's sept is what no, I, I, i'll say it really quickly game of thrones i read all the books i hated the last few books of game of thrones game of thrones yeah. taking the storyline or the fucking footnotes from the books that are supposedly going to come out it became the perfect show because they did not it was awesome it's like it's trying too hard to be let's be gnarly let's make it well it moves a lot faster yeah Yeah. i just feel like there's no fucking around anymore yeah you want dragons yeah you want undead we're gonna give it to you man we're gonna give you fucking undead dragon man (laughs) you want assassins yeah i I just remember that moment when they started going completely off book it was it was just like I feel like I've spent like five seasons watching George R. R. Martin slowly set up a chessboard and carefully explain the motivations of each piece. And then HBO just comes in and says, fuck, fuck you, yeah! and like <laughs> kicks over the chessboard and sends all the pieces scattering. It was, it was, it turned out to be everything I wanted to see for 20 years. No. Okay. So, so hand, no. Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Sorry, Diane. They do not flip okay. the board. They do not okay. go, beep, 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 fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going on a road trip. Although they attempt to go on a road trip. two machine guns, two wheelies, <laughs> quad damage. You did not just have the Handmaid's Tale became a road trip movie. Yeah, it's, it's- <laughs> Came a road trip movie. Elizabeth Moss is saying, I don't know if I'm ready to start a band. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. These three handmaids are going on a ride of their lives. I don't know if Aunt Lydia's drums or bass. I mean, I can see her drums because she likes to hit people. Uh, no, there actually is an episode of her. Basically, it's it's kind of it's a bottle episode, just like Pojack. There's an episode mm-hmm. where she's trapped alone at a house in the middle of nowhere. And that's one of her things that she's trying to do is there's a custom car. There's like an old classic car in the garage, but the garage is frozen over. So she's trying to get to the custom car because maybe she can get somewhere. But it's like, but where are you going to go? <laughs> You're a giant pregnant handmaiden, you know. Owned by somebody. Cobra. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if you are going to get that far. But yeah, that's a really good episode. And yeah, I mean, they, they, they don't just fast forward the story or move backwards and have it repeat. Mm-hmm. They do. They take it in interesting new directions. That's consistent. So it was really good. And that episode in particular. It's pretty much a one woman show the whole time. Almost no dialogue. Freaking great. Oh, that'd be interesting. That's fantastic. Because like I think we talked about it last year. Like I thought the first season was a oddly perfect society sci-fi. Yeah. And like weirdly prescient considering the world we dove into. Well, this after year, that show was this year was so prescient, it was starting to freak me out. Yeah, it's okay? fucking weird. I mean, there's the there, we have you know like incels shooting people, and then someone writes like a hot take about maybe we should just issue people girlfriends. And that same week, 
on Handmaid's Tale, they're issuing men underage brides. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, same thing's happening with Black Mirror, right? Where it's like, I wonder if this is how people felt back in the 60s when Twilight Zone aired, where yeah. it's like, hey, this stuff is coming true as we live <laughs> it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, Twilight Zone still almost always boiled down to Frank is afraid of having a big hit. Well, guess what happens? Like, uh, uh, <laughs> no, I'm shitting on Twilight Zone. Why am I doing that? Uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, I, I love the first season of Handmaid's Tale. I, I think I got to renew my Hulu um, at this point. Jesus. Yeah, that that is one that can be kind of a depressing slog. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, well, it's definitely depressing. But it's it's um, beautiful. The, the other I, I said last year the other Hulu the other Hulu shows I saw like are horrible, and they're, they're they, they look terrible too. And this one doesn't. It looks better than almost anything on television. The world it creates and the, I, I, I don't know, the fucking lenses that it uses and wherever the fuck they're filming it manages to like convincingly look like something that happened in the past yet six years in the future. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it. I love the way it looked. Talking about depressing slog, I read The Handmaid's Tale back in the nineties. Yeah. In the nineties, I was, but it was so depressing. <laughs> I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to watch the series. Yeah, same. It left a big impact on me, um, which I yep. carry to this day. But yeah, I was like, not again. <laughs> uh, let me think. What else? You know what? I'm going to throw out one that I don't know if it, it's definitely not within any of our wheelhouses, mm-hmm. and I ended up watching it and loving it. Love Simon. Really? Huh? Yeah. Big surprise for me. <laughs> Was that like a Simon Cowell sitcom I totally missed out on no, on CBS? No, no, no. It's a movie. It's no, a movie. Love, Simon is a gay romantic teen comedy drama? Mm. Question yeah. mark? Where Simon's <laughs> trying to trying to figure out yeah, who Simon, to love, right? Yeah, Simon is a kid in high school, and he realizes he's gay, uh, but he doesn't want to come out because he doesn't want it to like mess up his friendships. And then he strikes up this correspondence with another kid at his school who's gay, and he tries to figure out who it is so that like they can be together and that they're not alone or, oh my God, is this guy like catfishing me and he's gonna make fun of me or mm. whatever. And then also like dealing with his parents who are very supportive, but they're very surprised, you know, when he finally does come out. And it handles teenagers really well mm. where they're not all just snotty little assholes and they're not <laughs> all just super precocious and adorable. Um, and it's, it had a lot of heart and I do not like romantic comedies, which I guess this is, uh-huh. but I saw it had like a 97 or something on Rotten Tomatoes and I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I just looked at it. It's got like, very high ratings. And I was like, wow, it was really good. I didn't, it wasn't talking down to me. It wasn't talking down to gay kids. It was just really well done. Mm. There, there's one that I was going to bring up that Michael said you were hugely into the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. I've yeah. not seen it yet. I'm so disappointed in myself. Oh, about it yet oh so good yeah some segments are stronger than others mm-hmm. i have seen every coen brothers movie now but it's it's, it's but, like uh, an, it's one what do you are these called anthology movies or what is, what is that called when you have a series of vignettes that that comprise of some city like rooms was like tarantino's right. big one right mm-hmm. um shoot i guess there it's kind of an anthology kind of yeah. i guess you yeah. could call it that but it, but it is it's a, it's a series of short films that are all strung together into this one mm-hmm. overarching yeah. film there is an overarching theme behind each of them, but yes. they yeah. are wildly unconnected. I mean, a, other than dark Western, they're all excellent. But I think, for my money, just the initial like Ballad of Buster Scruggs, <laughs> yes. it felt oh, like man. the cartoon short before the serious movie. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like, it, it felt like, I mean, Chris, you'll love this. Like, it felt like Pecos Bill come to life. Oh, a little bit. lovely! Yes. He liked the yes. cigarette. He lit his cigarette with a bolt of lightning. 
No, but but it's like that. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Yeah, that and that first yeah. first yeah. yet, like, you would not be surprised. Yeah, you you have that like very stereotypical like. 1950s Gene Otry type singing cowboy character, yeah, and like, cowboy oh, in white, like you know. Yeah, like I, I'm just a, a, a complete hayseed dipshit, just trying yeah. to get along in the wild west, and I hope people are nice to me. And then it turns out like he's a fucking homicidal maniac. And it's a guy from or brother who art thou who like Tim Blake doesn't Nelson. Look at that much work outside. Yeah, of that, yeah right? Tim Blake yeah. Nelson, yeah. who just looks like a. It looks like his name is Hazy. <laughs> yes. like He's just got that look. Yeah. He yeah. fell off the turnip chick. Yeah. Then you go from that to like, you know, I don't I don't think that's the next one, but like the third and the fourth one, like ultra realistic, mm. ultra tragic. Yeah. And uh it's like, you know, it leaves really leaves you in a really dark place. Well, we should say it's a Cohen Cohen brothers. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I get excited about because the Cohen brothers tend to Cohen brothers, I think pound for pound might be my favorite people who make movies ever. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. like they keep releasing movies on whatever new studio will take a chance on them. They go from like Miramax to focus features. And then like Netflix is around and like, Oh, what if the Coen brothers could like, don't have to like pitch around their weird shit. And just someone's like, whatever you want to do. We'll green light it. Yeah. yeah. That, that sounds, I don't want to get in too long a conversation about that. Cause Netflix had a weird year for me. It was the year where I liked their new shows the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it had a weird year for them to be honest yeah. if you look at their stock price yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, I think that i think they picked a bad uh model for a streaming television network releasing three shows every week like hey <laughs> uh no one can watch all this yeah well i think um going back to buster scruggs mm-hmm. uh like i when i went in like we didn't really have a clear idea of what it was so mm-hmm. i just thought it's like oh, it's going to be a movie or series based around this character yeah. and yeah so i'm like after like 10 minutes or so i'm like i'm not sure that it can sustain this level of energy for a whole movie and like at one point like oh cool clancy brown is in this i can't wait to see what he'll do and then like 30 seconds later oh god clancy brown oh my god (laughs) (laughs) worth it just just watch that first 15 minutes alone to see what happens to clancy brown no don't do anything to mr krabs <laughs> it is but, oh man and then yeah that it's totally all over the map and like yeah. every one of those vignettes is amazing in its own way like the gal who got rattled is fantastic yes. the one with tom waits is a prospector yeah. is fantastic mm-hmm. uh and it's just yeah this very quiet thing where it's it's mostly just an old man talking to himself but it's really really yeah, well, let's it's let's great. think about it tonally. The Coen Brothers go for all the way from you know raising Arizona, yes, to a serious man. Well, that's the thing is is I and they and everything in between. They, they tend to err on the side of dark, though. I'd say more oh, of their yeah. stuff oh, is oh, like yeah. dark yeah, yeah. comedy, the dark. Oh, yeah. And as someone who's like a fan of Big Lebowski and Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which is mm-hmm. mostly you know cheery, no you know? Yeah. fucking it's classic. Like, I it's wish great. They would do I wish they would do more just pure comedy. And and yeah. what's nice about something like this is because you can have like six, is it six or seven uh, total little mini movies in this yeah. thing is like some of them are just pure comedy. And that's what's great about it. You know, <laughs> pan shot, pan <laughs> shot. <laughs> that's, that's, I think that's what they were. I don't know why they're so resistant to television, but considering what Hail Caesar was. Right. Because that yes. was, that should have been a television show. I think it would have been more entertaining for people. Uh, to yeah. see a little more of all those characters. But the only thing I wish the Coen brothers wouldn't do is remakes. That's it. Yep. Don't remake anything. Oh, True Grit was the best. I'm I, sorry. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. And I hated the Lady Killers. Yeah. Well, Lady Killers exist just so we can all agree on what their worst movie is and we don't have to fight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Also, possibly Tom Hanks' worst movie that wasn't Mazes and Monsters. Yeah. Ooh. 
I know. I really like J.K. Simmons uh, as a character with constant diarrhea. Yeah, that was necessary. That was a good use of his time. Get me pictures of diarrhea. No, on toilet paper, it's smeared. Never mind. That was a dumb joke. You have to see Spider-Man a lot. Um, well, Diane, you got any more? Yeah, two two black comedies. Just mention real fast: Death of Stalin and Black Klansman. Ah, mm-hmm. we we both talked about Black Klansman in the first segment, but Death of Stalin I never got the chance to see because it never. I wanted to see them both, yeah. and I never had a chance. Uh, Death of Stalin was a lot of fun. Yeah. Also, you know what? I'll throw in Game Night. Game Night's a pretty dark comedy. Yes, too. that's uh, Sarah. Sarah definitely rec- went to bat for Game Nights. Game Night. Yeah. De- Death of Stalin is one of those things where it's as you're watching it, you might not be laughing that much, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, when you tell people what happened. <laughs> Now it's funnier somehow. It's, ridic- it's so ridiculous that it's funny. It's, yeah, yeah, like that's the whole point of it is that everything they're doing is so ridiculous, but also they're doing it so they don't get murdered. Yes. <laughs> yes. Over and over. And, and it's also kind of like, yeah, remember when half the world was uh, terrified of these people? Well, it turns out that they were really just an idiot boys club the whole time. They're constantly <laughs> playing musical chairs with power. The, the older ways, I get, that's the, the most terrifying thing. But the older I get, the more I realize that's just actually the case in pretty much yes. every country. Yeah. As weird. Yep. Spoil- spoiler alert, people in your 20s. We don't know what the fuck we're doing either. Yeah, None of us has to be born. We're just winging it. Yeah, uh, the, the older I get, I realize that this is just, you know, the playground and we can just talk better and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Well, I think we got to close it out there. Um, but thank you guys. So, yeah, I think the UPS is flashing. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, you can find out more at LeisureTimePodcast.com where you can hear um, more shows with the people you've just heard right now. Uh, we are, of course, supported by Patreon.com slash LaserTime. And I got to tell you, this entire show is executive produced by uh, Danny Binion. Uh, thank you so much for your support and many other fine folks on Patreon.com slash LaserTime, where for the price of a cup of coffee, you can keep your favorite shows going. Uh, everyone paid all the equipment up to date and the hosting on par. Because uh, we're not just Laser Time. Uh, we are a lot of other shows, including what, uh, Mickle? You can also hear me on Video Game Apocalypse, our, our weekly show dedicated to all things video games, where we st- start off with the top five and segue into new releases and news and other things. And that's me and Matt and you and a rotating assortment of special guests, including Leif. Yeah. Hey. Where can you find hey, Leif? Really good. We had a really good 2018 with lots of new guests. We had the, I just realized today, we had the trifecta of the U.S. gamer uh, <laughs> editors yes. on, on last year. So, yeah. Where can, where can we find you, Life? Uh, you can find me on Macworld. Uh, you can occasionally find me on PC World. That's where I do a lot of my gaming coverage. But I'm one of the editors at Macworld, so I write editorials and reviews and yawn. But it's fun. And Diana, where can people find you? And I'm I'm so happy to not have to be the one plugging 302010 for the first time in like eight years. Uh, they can also hear me on 302010, the oh! uh, weekly podcast. Looking back on that exact week, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, as we move into 1989, 99, and 2009. Oh my God, we have so much to talk about coming up, you guys. Can I give you Can I give you one quick tease? I'm very excited for Di. Yeah, I'm Batman. <gasps> that is wait. They can't make a Batman movie starring Mr. Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Or Beetlejuice or Gung Ho Man. Yes, but they're gonna. What the hell? I mean, uh, to, to, you know, balance that out, they're gonna have to get one of the best actors of his generation and probably Prince just to start (laughs) yelling over it to distract us. Yes, to make the ugliest movie of all time. 
uh, <laughs> can I give you another uh, Please. similar tease? Mm-hmm. I know Kung Fu. Yes! What? Oh, oh, ten, what? Is that 20 years old? Oh, my God. We've been doing this yes, too long. Yes, bitch. Oh, my God. I mean, maybe in your simulation, it's 20 years old, bro. <laughs> but he hasn't aged a day, so maybe it is a simulation. It's true. That's true. All he did was grow a goatee, and now he's John Wick, and he's like the exact yep. same character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, 30 2010 is such a fun show. You should definitely check that out. And then for you patrons, you get an uncensored weekly commercial-free bonus show, uh, tentatively titled Bonus Time for almost 200 episodes. But uh, <laughs> recent episodes include... Um, uh, a, a, I would say a review slash tip slash guide on how to do Disney World quickly, all of it for cheap and uh, Harry Potter World, as well as uh, uh, Dave Rudden jumping on a talk about Home Alone. Home Malone. I love the Dave. Dave used to be able to pronounce it better, as if uh, it was a a brother of Carl Malone named Ho. <laughs> <laughs> Home Malone, adopted Chinese brother. Ho. <laughs> Um, you can find out more at LazerDownPodcast.com. I do want to close out, you're going to love this, Leif, with the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. I do think it was phenomenal. There's two separate soundtracks, one orchestral, one just the songs. They're all great, but I love the closing score of Into the Spider-Verse. Again, with a great, great uh, post-credit sequence, so don't leave until you see it. You know what? I'll say that. It says, Spider-Verse has the best credit sequence of any movie ever. Whoa. Yeah really good but that they, they're pioneering a new animation style that they've decided to patent and sell to other people so you shouldn't be surprised uh there's more to come with laser time in 2019 so stay tuned people patreon.com slash laser time is how you help us survive uh we love you uh take us out spider-verse <laughs> <laughs>